listening to Fox Sports Radio. They're all in. That's coming right up. Good morning, everybody. Yes, it's that time, the time you can't wait to get to. It is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Andy Furman, but it's more my pleasure to introduce my partner and friend, the brains of the outfit. He's one hell of a guy, the renaissance man himself, the one and only. Smells like ball. Brian, no. Hello, B. How are you? First day of spring today. I'm going to come over there to Kentucky and slap you around. Oh, my goodness. Oh my I'm goodness. great, Andy. How's everything with you, man? I want to make good? sure. You, was it an all-nighter? I need to know. Was it an all-nighter last night? It was close. It was very right. close. I went to bed around four-ish uh, and All woke right. up about uh, 15 minutes ago. So, yeah, I was close to an all-nighter. That's good, though, because you, you function better that way. The less sleep, the better you are. You're tremendous. You really are. It's great. It really is. I, Thanks, I will man. Say, Thanks. Yeah, will, my buddies, uh, they've got the war room going on. They've had this for 24 years where they get together for the first couple of days of March Madness. And it started almost a quarter century ago, like uh, this small, tiny room. And they'd have these horrible, uh, jacked up TVs to try to get all the games on. And one of my buddies, he's married. He lives in this nice place now. He's got all the big screens. So my show ended last night with Ephraim Salam. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be home next year. Who knows if, I'm, uh, if I've got a weekday gig like I had in Portland. So I might not be able to make it home to go to the war room. So I was like, ah, the heck with it. I'll head out after my show last night and hung out with the guys for a little bit. And I'm good to go now, Andy Furman. Good. Well, you're always good to go. There's no doubt about that. You know, this is the only time of the year I could, A, find it, and B, watch it. I'm talking about true TV. I never watched true TV until the NCAA tournament, really. So I could finally find it on, on Spectrum and or Direct TV. So there you go. All right? I found it. it, it yeah, a it's a yearly day. thing, man. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. True TV. Which I channel know. is that again? And right, right. You got to do the if, whole thing. Sure, uh, yeah. On Spectrum, it's 995. I forget what it is on Direct but I, I got them both, so I've been watching. There you go. And let, let's talk a little about the NCAA tournament. You know, and, and I got to ask you this. You always have the answer. You're the answer man. I'm the question guy. You are the answer man. There we go. Okay. okay. Why, why are some people – I mean, they talk about this tournament all the time. They talk about – I'm sick of the word Cinderella already, really. But why are so many people in love with the so-called mid-majors winning? Why? I mean, here. One, they can't name a player on their team. And number two, they've never seen them play during the season. How many people have even heard of St. Peter's or actually know where St. Peter's is. That's what I like to, and it's wonderful that they knocked out the Commonwealth of Kentucky. One day they knocked out the University of Kentucky. Yesterday they knocked out Murray State. So the little school from Jersey City has knocked out the entire Commonwealth in this tournament. So what's this rant? Are you aiming it at anyone? What's this about? I'm not no, exactly just a sure. Where like everybody is in love with this tournament because oh, the mid majors, the Loyola of Chicago, the St. Peter's. Why are you so in love with that? I mean, you a would never even pay to see them play. B, you don't know a, a player on the team. And C, I could guarantee you, out of ten people, nine don't know where St. Peter's University is even located. Who cares? It's just an upset, right? It's Cinderella. Well, yeah. You don't have to know the roster front and back. You know that a 15 seed is a lower seed than a 2 or a 7. And they knocked there's, off both Kentucky no and Murray State. It is 
Uh, it is St. Peter's versus the state of Kentucky. Just taking them down one by one over there. You know, you don't have to know all these things front and back. You know an underdog when you see one. And There's no doubt. A lot of people I, I, love rooting for an underdog. It's the same thing we see every year in the tournament. I hear what you're saying, but I'm trying to make some sort of a comparison here to the NCAA football championship, the Final Four there, where you know people would go crazy to have a school like Central Florida involved in the Final Four. People went crazy this year when Cincinnati got in saying they don't deserve it. Look at the schedule they play, but in the college end of it, it's okay. It's okay to have St. Peter's. It's okay to have Murray State. It's okay to have Loyola Chicago. There's a, there's a major difference there. You see where I'm going? No, I don't. I, uh-huh. I don't. I mean, I, I get it in general, but there are reasons for those differences. That's the deal. Like For all these Bearcat college football homers who thought they were going to take down Bama, they had zero <laughs> shot to do something like that. Zero. Exactly. So that's where uh, that's the difference to say that it seemed like St. Peter's has zero shot. Well, that would be wrong. You know, uh, it's just different. It's different in those two sports. So that's, there's a reason for the reactions differing. I hear what you're saying. I mean, look, I would tell you right now, most people who had the brackets filled out had no, no thought that St. Peter's could take down University of Kentucky. I don't think anybody except maybe a diehard St. Peter's fan back on the East Coast maybe picked St. Peter's just out of the, the goodness of his heart, not his head. You know, that, that's, and I understand the difference. I understand why the situation is thus, but I, I don't understand the mindset of people where they're, they're so excited to have a small school in the tournament and in the football end of things. I mean, no, you can't get in. You don't deserve it. Your schedule stinks. You see where I'm going there? Just a little bit. Give, give me a little daylight there, will you please? A little bit, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, fine. But, Andy, the, you're comparing four playoff spots in college football to 68 in go. college okay. basketball. There's a big difference between the two. All right, I got you. I, I just I just wanted to get that off my chest, and you're a good sounding board for me. And you, you always smack me around, make me feel good. I go, I'm back at my place now. But the biggest story is not the NCAA. Obviously, it's the National Football League. Okay, Deshaun Watson waves his no-trade clause. He goes to the Cleveland Browns. Here's the deal with me on this one, because I'm a little fired up this morning, okay? The Browns just guaranteed the most money in NFL history – to a guy who didn't even play last year because of his legal problems dealing with alleged sexual assault cases. That's number one. Okay, we know there's no criminal charges going to be filed. There's still 22 civil claims pending. Next, he possibly will be suspended for some games to open the season. We know that. The Browns give up salary uh, cap space. They gave a future draft assets, okay? This guy, this guy's contract is larger in guarantees than those recently given to Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen. You know what this is? It's desperation. That's what it is. I mean, I like it's it's desperation that makes sense. That that's the thing. Like there's desperation that makes zero sense at all, and then there's this. Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in football. Okay, he missed a year. What did uh you know, did Tom Brady fall apart? After his season where he tore his ACL and didn't play all year in uh, 08, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or did he 
come back and play very well the next year. You know, like this idea, and I know you're not saying this, this idea that Deshaun Watson is just this lesser version is just going to fall apart or be nothing even close to what he was because he didn't play for a year is crazy. Like, put it in terms of an injury. We want to just give up and panic on a quarterback who hadn't played the better part of a year or an entire year due to injury. Andrew Luck missed all of, what, 2017, I think it was, due to injury. I have to go back and check the year exactly. It might have been 20, I think it was 2017, but... Nobody thought, oh, gosh, this guy's done. He's over, right? Right? So I would use that and keep that in the back of your head when you're using it to uh, applying it to Deshaun Watson. And look, getting back to the Browns, when you've had the sucky quarterback history they've had for decades, the infamous football jersey with all the names of all the failed quarterbacks that reaches all the way to the floor. Baker Mayfield, some people think that he's actually good. He's not. He's just better than all the hacks they've had. Baker Mayfield is nothing special at all. And some people have it twisted as if he is. So Deshaun Watson going to that franchise when there was a bidding war. This is a perfect storm, Andy. You had the Colts and the Saints and the Falcons and the Panthers and all these teams, half the NFL, vying for Deshaun Watson's services. So, yeah, I understand. There are 22 pending civil lawsuits. But with there being a bidding war for this guy who's an absolute baller on the field, yeah, the price tag was going to be through the roof. That's exactly what it was. Well, I, I understand. There's no doubt about that. But he, I think the Browns, in fact, were embarrassed by the initial rejection by Watson, who didn't want to come to Cleveland from the get-go. And he was, look, it was reported he was decided to go between New Orleans and Atlanta. I'd like to know why it ended up going to Cleveland. Cleveland made him such an offer. I mean, when you think about it, why wouldn't you go to the AFC rather than the NFC, especially the division that Cleveland is in right now, and the cold weather to boot? You could have gone indoors to New Orleans or go to Atlanta, where you had a fighting chance, maybe. Well, uh, the money is pretty Money's crazy, right? Like yeah, you just you detailed the what Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, they had the most guaranteed dollars before this with 150. Deshaun Watson has 230 that's fully guaranteed. And okay, fine. The AFC is a tough conference. Did you have the same take when Russell Wilson went there? I mean, right? Like Deshaun Watson going to Cleveland with a very talented roster. I mean, they're on the short list in terms of odds to win the Super Bowl. They have the sixth best odds in the NFL to win it all. So it's not as if he's going to a place where, what are you doing? Where I would actually look at Atlanta or Carolina. Yeah, it's an easier conference, but those rosters aren't even close to what the Browns have right now. So you got to do the balancing act of, okay, you go to an easier conference in the NFC, but you have the much lesser roster in Carolina compared to Cleveland. So it's a balancing game when you look at it from that perspective. I'm going to back the truck up just a minute because you hit it right on the head about th- three minutes ago. I don't think that Deshaun Watson looked at the roster as much as he looked at the, ma- the paycheck. I really think there was a paycheck deal more so than a roster deal. Like, why wouldn't he look at the roster? Well, I mean, I think he did, but I think the paycheck was the one that was the the deciding factor. The guaranteed 230, I mean, come on. That's where it's at. And I'm sure with his own confidence saying, look, it doesn't make a difference. I I think I could win wherever I go. And he does have a great roster. He got great personnel on that Cleveland team with that great one-two running punch. Okay, but why – you make it sound like it's only about the money that he considered. Like, what, was he – 
being offered minimum wage elsewhere <laughs> and just said, oh, I guess it's Cleveland over here. Like, of course he's going to weigh the roster quality. He just left Cle- He just left Houston. Why did he want to u- leave Houston if it wasn't about the roster? Right? I, he wouldn't have demanded a trade to begin with. No, he's right. getting paid in Houston. He was making good money. You know, like I'm happy he's coming to Cleveland because I'll see him twice every year right now against Cincinnati. I think it's great. I think it sets up a tremendous rivalry with the quarterbacks in that division. I mean, Pitt, well, except for Pittsburgh, I don't know what's going to happen with Pittsburgh, but certainly Cincinnati Cleveland rivalry is going to heat up. You got Baltimore. I think it's going to be wonderful. I really do. And I, and I hope he plays. I mean, a selfish reason. I hope he doesn't get suspended. I think he probably will four to six games, perhaps, but I'd love to see him play the entire season. Uh, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I have a hard time believing there's not going to be any suspension whatsoever. Right. And that's the big question going into the season. And again, we're just looking at this from a football perspective. Um, the elephant in the room is the legal situation. It, it's a tough thing to talk about because I wasn't there, Andy. You weren't there. I don't know exactly what happened. My stance the whole time has been for this to be for there to be this much smoke. It's hard right. to believe. It's just completely made up, and everybody's lying. I'm with you. There with has to be women, some maybe. wrongdoing, and uh, it seems most uh, logical that there was some wrongdoing. How much I don't know, but I think the NFL, with that in mind, they're going to suspend Deshaun Watson most likely. And from a football standpoint, how long is that? Six games, eight games, what are we looking at here? They're going to sign Jacoby Brissett, and he would be the guy behind center should Deshaun Watson be suspended for any length of time. So uh, that's an interesting impact on the season. If we just said right now, hey, uh, Tom Brady's going to miss the first eight games, or better yet, a, a quarterback in the AFC. Russell Wilson's out for the first six weeks. Or how does this impact Denver? It, it impacts them quite a bit. Right. So I, it's, we'll, uh, we'll have to find out about Deshaun well, we Watson. We saw what happened last year with be. Russell Wilson with, with the thumb injury. I mean, just three games, three and a half sure. games he missed, really. In Seattle, look what it did to that franchise. It killed yeah. him. But I think the reason being why the Browns signed Jacoby Brissett, it, it, they realized that he could be the starter next year, depending if the NFL disciplines Watson. Well, of course, but that's the way it is in the NFL. Look, uh, the Browns just traded Case Keenum to the Bills. Like, the Bills lost Mitch Trubisky, who's probably going to be starting for the Steelers, which is crazy to say out loud. But they needed a backup guy. So welcome to the NFL. Like you got to have a backup guy, especially for these teams that have Super Bowl aspirations. So, uh, yeah, Keenum goes to the Bills to back up Josh Allen. You got Brissett to go to the Browns to back up Deshaun Watson. Like, yeah, you might need those guys for four to six games, depending on what happens with the starter, for suspension or for injury. You're exactly right. He is always right. His name is Brian No, and you can get him on Twitter at the No Show. That's at the N O E Show at Andy Furman FSR or eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox is our phone number eight seven seven nine nine six sixty three sixty nine. Of course, we have a very special treat. Maybe Bronx Talk Radio is something new in that segment. We'll see. Stay with us. You'll find out. Bottom barrel betting an hour number two and an hour number three. You got Brian No and Noah's picks. But the question is, what's next? for the insurance pitch man. Well, we're going to tell you next. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. 
Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He'll get his request after all. We'll tell you why in just about a minute. He is Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We are Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. And B, the key word today is baggage. Baggage, that's the key word. We're talking about Deshaun Watson headed to the Browns with, quote, baggage. We'll see what happens to him. And now there's a local story which kind of made it national the last several hours Sean Miller, the former Arizona basketball coach, is returning to Cincinnati to coach Xavier with, quote, baggage. He's got baggage. So I tell you what, when you sell your soul, that's what you do. That's what happens. I mean, I like that's the thing, though, Andy, is like with Deshaun Watson being a top five quarterback, it's not like the Browns were the only one in the bidding war. No you know, yeah. you had, what, a quarter of the NFL, more than that, vying for Deshaun Watson's services. So uh, if your stance is they're, they're willing to sell their souls, well, there were a lot of teams that were willing to do that. And I'm with you. I mean, we've always said this, talent trumps trouble. There's no doubt. You want to win. Uh, I don't care. The guy, the guy's a winner. The guy's a great quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. It's, again, Baker Mayfield is not an elite quarterback. Deshaun Watson is. He could take them to to the promised land. And the same thing with Sean Miller. He's a winner. He's a winner. He's a he's a cheater. He got caught. He was fired in Arizona. But he's a winner. He's a hell of a basketball coach. He wanted Xavier, and they want him back. So they sold their soul. I mean, I don't think it's a great move I, as far as the university is concerned. I, I think that it, it's going to take away some of that halo that that school had and some of the shine is going to be a little dimmer they'll, they'll win I know they'll win with him but you know it's just one of those things you just say wow I, I never thought they would go to that extreme is winning that important I guess it is on the college level well and it's a completely different era now with NIL yeah and so yeah Sean Miller is a cheater sure he's a liar, sure, but <laughs> with this being the NIL era, what are you really worried about? I mean, yeah. really, like if he paid players in an era when it was against the rules to do so. Now we live in an era where it's basically allowed. <laughs> like you'd have to be an idiot not to be able to pay a player, right? Instead of you slipping him an envelope filled with thousands of dollars under the table, now it's from Joe's truck stop question, you know, quotes or whatever business you want to say, and it's right. an NIL deal. Like, So, yeah, you can pay players all day now. So as far as that concern, we're just not in the same era anymore. Right, and, and there's a good possibility that we said that Deshaun Watson may get that four to six, maybe eight game or whatever a suspension. I think that Sean Miller he may get the same kind of a heave ho uh, from the NCAA. He may miss four six game. Who knows what's going to happen once he gets on the bench at Xavier? Yeah, they don't care about that. It's just I don't think they do either. In anymore. the grand scheme of things, especially for Deshaun Watson, we're just just from a football perspective, right? The Browns are hoping, and all these other teams that we're trying to get to Sean, we're hoping he could be their quarterback for the next decade. Mm -hmm. So if it's six games, if it's eight games in 2022, in the grand scheme of things, like 
That barely even registers. Of course, the Browns are going to want to compete for the division and a playoff spot and a Super Bowl title and all of that. Sure. So it is significant for 2022. But the point is, it's not significant to the degree where they're just like, no, we're out. We're not interested anymore. The guy's going to miss potentially half the season in 2022. It's like that. That's a blip on the radar compared to the next nine years, hopefully. There's no doubt about that. And as the Browns are making their pursuit of uh, Deshaun Watson, our good friend Baker Mayfield, I guess he felt that his time was with the, was ending with the Browns. He went to social media. And it looked like a goodbye to the city and the fans, why he did that prior to the deal. It was kind of crazy. I guess he knew. He probably knew. And once Watson decided to turn down the Browns, then he came back to the Browns. Word got out that Mayfield did ask for a trade, and he said it was best for him and both best for both sides if they parted ways. And they did. You know, they're going to right now. He's gone. And look, honestly, I, I think that the best situation for, for him would be perhaps the Colts. They need a quarterback, but I'm not so certain that he's better than Carson Wentz. Even though Carson Wentz experiment in Indianapolis failed, he was traded to the Washington Commanders. I'm not so certain Baker Mayfield is a step up from Carson Wentz. Well, let's back up for a second in terms of did Baker Mayfield know? I mean, unless Baker Mayfield has better sources than some of these NFL insiders, I doubt he knew. I think he's just being an immature kid, which is exactly what he is at this stage. And writing that, oh, I think this is goodbye. What was that? That was such a lame goodbye note. It it was him having his feathers ruffled that the Browns had the audacity to even pursue a much better quarterback. You know, like I get the competitor in you wouldn't like it, but you certainly have to understand it. Deshaun Watson is flat out way better than Baker Mayfield. So even if you don't want, you know, your partner to look at the better option walking by, I mean, you have to understand it if it's a much better option, you know? If you look at Matt Ryan, good comparison here. Matt Ryan was fully aware that the Falcons were interested in Deshaun Watson. He agreed to move back a bonus to allow the Falcons to wait for an answer for Deshaun Watson. And if of the two between Baker Mayfield and Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan has done way more to be able to justify an immature stance of, oh, 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 you're going to be interested in Deshaun? I'm a former MVP. I've taken you to a Super Bowl appearance. I've been the face of the franchise since 08, and you're going to do me this way? Really? And he didn't do that at all. He showed Baker Mayfield what it's like to be a professional and a grown-up, something that Baker Mayfield knows nothing about. So I don't buy for a second that he knew, yet you've got these – NFL insiders, and they're like, oh, it seems to be the Falcons. So Baker's information is way better, and he was in the know, yet the people who are paid to break this news, they thought that Deshaun was going elsewhere. I don't buy that. I don't think Baker knew. I think that he just threw a little temper tantrum. I think you're right, and I tell you what, it's funny to me because they talk about all these meetings that these these NFL personnel people have with former players, players in the college level before the draft. You couldn't see that Baker Mayfield was Immature. You couldn't see when he played at Oklahoma when he stuck that thing in the in the fifty yard line that that whatever it was. I mean, when they played Ohio State. I mean, th- these are actions that basically haunt you and stay with you, and you're not going to change if you're that kind of a guy. And I guess some people translate that into being a passionate individual. No, he was immature. He was immature then, and he's immature now. 
Well, sure, but look, people can grow up, and there have been a lot of immature players that have been flat-out ballers, you know? And that's what the Browns were hoping for. Uh, It's just Baker Mayfield has never been that guy. Now, I I didn't think he was, but I can't sit here and tell you, Andy, that I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. Like, we can't act like we had all the answers before he played it down in the NFL. Um, I, I certainly had a gut feeling that could be the case, but we can't make it sound like we all knew about this guy and the Browns were the last ones to actually figure it out. Um, I, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't. But in terms of your point with him being immature then, yeah, but you can always grow. You can always mature along the way. It just it hasn't happened that much for Baker Mayfield in the NFL. No, you're exactly right. And you're always right. You really are. Because you're Brian No. You're the no man. Everybody knows no. There you go. Get him on Twitter at the no show at Andy Furman FSR or 877-99 on Fox. That's our phone number. And all of a sudden, he has the same problem that's haunted Tom Brady. That's coming right up. But the man who haunts us all, Brian <laughs> Fenley Daddy. with all the sports. Hello, B. Take off your uniform. Take off your cleats. Take off your jock strap. Yeah, thank you, Andy and Brian. By the way, we're going to get into some NCAA tournament talk here. And just in case you guys didn't see, UCLA did win, and they are on to the Sweet 16. We'll get to that in a minute. Number one, Gonzaga is also on to the round of 16 after they plugged number nine, Memphis, 82-78. to Drew Timmy had 21 of his 25 points in the second half. And after the game, he spoke to Andy Katz of Turner when asked about how after the Zags were down 10 points at intermission, they were able to turn things around. It was all because of a, a Timmy speech in the locker room, and this is what he said. I said, I don't give a flying F what happens What happens at the end of the game. Whether we lose or win, we're not going out as no uh, soft guys. Leave it all on the floor because it could be your last 20. And, hey, man, if you go all out and we still lose, play with, play with no regrets. I think there's a little it's, bit of censoring. Oh, go for it. Oh, my gosh. It, it, like, Drew Timmy must be a chronic curser, Brian Fenley. <laughs> yeah. like, I just told him, there's no uh, effing way. Uh, we're going out like a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know. He's just trying to clean it up on the fly. It was hilarious last night. Well, and then I don't know if he thought he was off air or not, but then he did swear yeah, afterwards. Right. So right. even though he tried to censor himself, it ends up getting on the air. And then you guys probably saw this but there was a tweet where he retweeted it with a quote retweet where the interview and said hey I should probably be more careful about what I say on the air because my mom will probably beat me up so there's oh. that there's that yeah and, and, and again Andy I know I usually beat you up when it comes to something I don't know what it is because you know you're my father everything everything, everything. exactly everything. Yeah. Uh, GU by the way is going to take on number four Arkansas after they beat New Mexico State 53 to 48 a win for St. Peter's, the 15th seed. They are yes. on to the Sweet yes. 16. Yes, Andy is now claiming them as his team, Mr. Bandwagon himself. <laughs> <laughs> the Peacocks will face the winner of today's Texas versus Purdue contest. Number four, Providence is on to the Sweet 16 after they demoralized number 12, Richmond, 79-51. to 51. The Spiders, one of 22 from three-point range, which I believe was Andy's stat total all four years he played JV basketball. Here we go. The Friars are going to take on Kansas next after they beat 
Creighton 79 to 72. Did I mention that UCLA won? Yes, the number four seed, they got it done. They rolled number five, St. Mary, 72 to 56. The Bruins are going up against another Blue Blood next Friday in Philadelphia. That would be North Carolina. After the Heels got the win against number one Baylor 93 to 86 in overtime, and number three Tennessee chokes again, this uh, time to number 11 yeah. Michigan 76 to 68. That was ugly. That was ugly. It was. Hunter Dickinson had 27 points and 11 rebounds for Michigan. With that, let's get it back to Brian No and Andy Furman as they are hosting the Xavier postgame basketball show. Oh, my goodness. Who will he throw to? We'll explain that right around the corner. He is Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. And by the way, we have to say hello and good morning to Scott Davenport. I had no idea Scott Davenport, the basketball coach at Bellarmine College in Louisville, listens to us on Sundays on 790 AM in Louisville. How do you like that? And uh, Bellarmine just turned Division One. They should have gone to the NCAA, but they have to sit out several years, as you know, the transition period from Division Two to Division One. So, uh, Scott Davenport, hello, coach. There you go. Now, let's move along. Aaron Rodgers, as you know, has since returned to Green Bay as quarterback for the Packers. There was some talk about that, but he's back. His favorite target, Devontae Adams, he went another direction. He was traded to the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders sent Packers their first-round pick, number 22, and second-round, number 53. Packers now have four picks in the top 60. They also have picks number 28 and 59, but no receiver. Just like Tom Brady had for years in New England. So now Aaron Rodgers has to develop a receiver in Green Bay. Tom Brady did it for years in New England. Uh, Adams now reunites with quarterback Derek Carr in Vegas, his quarterback of Fresno State. What is Green Bay going to do, B, as far as a receiver? Well, they're going to draft one or they're going to trade for one. I mean, they could do either. And... uh We'll see how it shakes out because they're not whatever they have at wide receiver right now is not what they're going into the season with. They're going to be wheeling and dealing and drafting and all of that. And think about this too, Andy. They're hoping for what the Vikings did a couple of years ago. Justin Jefferson, the stud receiver for the Vikings, he was a 22nd overall pick, and that's exactly what that's the first round pick that the Packers got in that deal for Devontae Adams. So. I mean, I know Justin Jefferson's don't grow on trees, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that Jefferson was a 22nd overall pick and the Packers have the 22nd overall pick after this trade with the Raiders. So they are absolutely crossing their fingers. I know Aaron Aaron Rodgers is for sure. But also think about this too, Andy, where think about the Seahawks. Could a receiver like DK Metcalf be in play or Tyler Lockett? Like they've got Drew Locke as their quarterback right now. How about Michael Thomas with the Saints? It's been a, a weird scenario with him. Could could he be in play? You know, maybe you could get Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans. Like so, uh, whatever the Packers do, it could be a trade. It, it could be the draft. But uh, they're looking to upgrade what they have. That's for sure. And I think they will. There's no way they're going to uh, the 2022 season with what they currently have. The question is. Do they find anything even remotely close to Devontae Adams? That's the question as we get closer That'll to the season. That'll be tough. That's tough. And look, he signs a five-year contract averaging almost $30 million a year with the Vegas Raiders, uh, $67.5 million guaranteed. And here's the deal. I mean, I was shocked. How surprised were you that Devontae Adams packed up and left? I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers and he with that one-two punch for that ball club. And now it's like Aaron Rodgers, he had some pull. He wanted this guy Randall Cobb in Green Bay. He got him. But you you would think that he reach out to Devontae Adams, and now Devontae Adams packs up and goes to Vegas. 
Well, it was a surprise in terms of this just wasn't on the radar. You know, right. there was no speculation with um, with Russell Wilson going to Denver. Although it was a bit surprising, like, whoa, it really happened. There was a lot of speculation that the Broncos were in play for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? So right. there was nothing as far as Devontae Adams uh, going, like really going to the Raiders. There were some conversations and, hey, wouldn't it be cool months ago if he reunited with his college teammate Derek Carr. But it actually happened. So at first it was like, whoa, how much money and all that type of stuff. But then you start thinking about it and the Packers, they offered him a a very similar deal. They uh, were willing to back up the Brinks truck. And really, at the end of the day, Devontae Adams just wanted to be reunited with Derek Carr, his boy, and they put up numbers in college, and uh, he he just wanted to go to Vegas, man. That's really what it came down to. And it really moved the dial a little bit here on the odds winning the Super Bowl. Raiders' odds to win the Super Bowl now improved a little bit over the trade, going from 60-1 to 1 to 50-1. to 1. This is at Caesars Sportsbook. And Green Bay drops from 11-1 to 1 to 12-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. But still, they own the second-best odds in the NFC behind Tampa Bay, 9-1. to 1. So it, it's tra- strange. But this guy, he's a game-changer, Devontae. There's no doubt about that. Best receiver in the NFL. Amazing. And well, Aaron the, Rodgers, the crazy know? thing to me, Andy, is if you look at um, either Super Bowl odds of these AFC teams, the Raiders are way down there compared to the other three teams in their division. Or if right. you just keep it with the AFC West, right? If you look at the odds to win that division, uh, the Chiefs have the best odds. The Broncos and Chargers are next up, pretty close. And then way back, like, get out the binoculars. That's where the Raiders are. And it's crazy to me. But like, you're not surprised, instance, are you? Are you surprised at I'm that? shocked that they're really? that far behind. Yes. Look at the Broncos. The Broncos are plus 250 to win the AFC West. The Raiders are plus 700. Like, that's... Vegas is telling you that the Broncos have almost three times as better of a chance to win the division than the Raiders do? Really? Do you think that in reality is the case? Because I don't. I think they're looking at the overall picture, not just the quarterback situation, looking at the defense situation of the Raiders, and that was their their Achilles heel. It really was, that poor defense. Okay. Um, The Raiders made it to the playoffs with that defense, and the Broncos didn't sniff it. I realize they had a major upgrade at quarterback. But the the Raiders also made additions uh, defensively. They picked up Chandler Jones, right? Like. That's a great one-two punch with Max Crosby. So I just don't understand how Vegas thinks there's that big of a gap between the Chiefs and the Raiders or the Broncos and the Raiders, the Chargers and the Raiders. I just don't see that being the case. When you pick up Devontae Adams to go along with Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, you've got Josh Jacobs running the football. There's a lot of weapons for Derek Carr. And, and that defense was not just an absolute wreck or has no chance to compete in that division. I just think the odds don't match the reality. I think the Raiders are a lot closer to the rest of the division than Vegas is giving them credit for. 
It'll be great. I mean, honestly, I, I can't wait for the season to start because this off season really whets your appetite for the season. There's no doubt about that. I mean, look, the NFL, to me, at least in my mind, has overtaken the interest in the NCAA de- basketball tournament. I believe it has. You know, I'm watching the games. There's no doubt about that. I'm watching the basketball games, but, you know, I have one eye on the NFL and see what's going on. I don't on know the why you do this every what, time. It what do you is mean? the NFL versus the world. Like, it always turns into that. Andy, yes, the I'm, NFL is the most popular when you have blockbuster news like this. Of course, it's going to be no, a but talking I'm, book. I, I'm shocked. I mean, I'm shocked that a, a sport that is really not in play is truly in play, if you know what I mean. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, well, that's how it is. Go. Yeah, it's <laughs> been like that forever. It's going to continue to be like that. Brian, no, Andy Furman, Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Now, it could be the Bronx or perhaps just a real schmuck. We'll tell you all about it next. These names top the list. That's coming right up. All right, he is Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. And right now we're introducing our guy, Chris P. You got something up your sleeve. What's going on? All right, Andy. We've been working on this this week. We've been brain shopping, workshopping, all of this. This usually would be Bronx Talk Radio would be. We're still figuring out where this is going to go in the, sh- in the show, but you want to do a segment called Schmuck of the Week. We've sat well, around. Schmucks. Here. Well, the, plural schmucks. Schmuck is 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 it just schmuck for plural or is it just singular schmuck? That we have to check on. Brian, any any comments on that? Is it plural or singular? I don't know. Uh, we'll find out as we we'll go along it. here. Yeah. Well, either way, Andy wants to identify the schmucks of the week, and we want to have. We we like power rankings, leaderboards, and everything else. So we're starting this week with two big schmucks, and we're going to have to figure out. Which one of these will go around here and get votes from everyone on who the biggest of the schmucks are? And then later on down the line, if we continue to do this, we will keep whoever wins this becomes the first schmuck king. Huh. We'll then weigh it against whoever comes next week for the next couple of schmucks, vote for who the, that schmuck of the week is, and then see if they do. You're getting too the complicated here. I'm not. Right now. It is a very easy concept here. All right. So we start first off with probably the big the big one here. We've got two different schmucks to, to bring you. First off is Rex Chapman, who has been on uh, the March Madness uh, studio panels here, and uh, he's he he unfortunately seems to have accidentally potentially killed someone. You said uh, Pete Gillen's dead. Yes, he he said rest in peace. We have the audio. Brian Fenley, you are a part of this. This is this is the whole crew is involved here. So let's go live. Brian Fenley, I I, I am led to believe you have the audio. Yes, let's play that audio. This was Chapman during the March Madness coverage. The first time since 25 years ago when he had when Pete Gillen had God sham God. Rest in rest in peace, Pete Gillen. There you go. <laughs> By the way, Pete Gillen is on the CBS set, so he's not dead, but he also works in the same umbrella of the company that he is talking about. The guy steals so much content that in Rex Chapman, I guess this wow. is his way of being original. Wow, listen to you. Wow, those are some shots firing out there. <laughs> there we go. Very Look at you. Really? You finally got a pair, huh? Uh, you know, Thunderbolts flying out here. Yeah, and he never gives credit for anything that he takes. He always retweets stuff, and he makes it his own. That is not right. They do send it to him. You realize that, right? A lot of times they do, but he never will have the the dignity to say, this is where I got it. He just kind of like walks on people's backs to get to the top. 
Oh, I was I mostly know. focused on that Pete Gillen is very much so alive and is <laughs> working down the hall here. And now you're crushing some laundry out here. No, I want to go back to, to Brian Fenley, who's an aspiring sportscaster, uh, update anchor, tremendous individual, really. And, and when you see a guy like a Rex Chapman on the desk over there on a national stage, does it irk you at all saying, how in the hell is he there and I'm here? Does well, that bother you a little bit? Well, you know why he's there. Obviously, he's yeah. done stuff on the basketball court that I would only dream of doing to, with the 12 seasons in the NBA and the two with Kentucky. To be fair, mm-hmm. I do run a Lions podcast and I had to ask my host one time because I completely lost track of it i was panicked and i had to ask is wayne fonts still alive that answer is yes it happens sometimes either way that's schmuck number one schmuck number two <laughs> and this might speak more to uh to, to brian no here is the man who paid half a million dollars oh. on the uh. on march 12th for to, for the, an auction for the tom brady's last touchdown ball well, as we know, Tom Brady is returning to the NFL, so it is no longer his last touchdown ball. It's such a great story. It really is. It was <laughs> never, right after never. he paid half a mil that Tom Brady's like, I'm coming back. I'm on retirement. Right. I'm back. I'm back. And suddenly right, that, yeah. that, that's, that, that ball's price crashed harder than Bitcoin. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so with 30 seconds left, we will go around the room. Who wins? Is it Rex Chapman or Tom Brady football guy? I, well, I would say I would say Rex Chapman simply because that he should have known better. Where I think that it was an unknown situation with the football situ- with, with the football guy, right? Yeah, I, I would personally vote for Baker Mayfield, but if he's not <laughs> <laughs> he's not on the the board here, I would go with Rex Chapman accidentally killing someone. So two who's votes alive. for Rex Chapman, Brian Fenley. You can decide it here with even out even me or Brandon jumping in. Rex, and if you're listening, if you don't know somebody's dead, just don't say they're dead. How about that? Don't make people dead. They have even more questions now. That's coming right up. But now it's time for Fox Sports Sunday on the first day of spring. Yes, it is. I'm Andy Furman. Here's my partner, which I love to introduce because he's so well-deserving, a renaissance man, a man of all seasons, the one and only Mr. Brian No. Hello, B. How are you? I'm good, Andy. How are things, buddy? Love to hear that. Love to hear that with you. It's wonderful. It really is. There's so much going on in the world of sports, even on and off the playing field, including the NCAA tournament, which I want to touch on for a second because we talk about the University of Kentucky, and I live in the bluegrass. Uh, The people are still moaning and groaning over the loss to St. Peter's the other night. And John Calipari is getting a lot of heat. I'm not saying it's deserved or not deserved, but that's just the nature of the beast. And you think that a number one seed should not be losing to a team like St. Peter's. And I got some comparisons here, which kind of like really make it look ugly, okay? The it, the enrollment at St. Peter's University in Jersey City, New Jersey, is something like 2,300 students. I don't know how many thousands of students are at the State School University of Kentucky in Lexington, but I'm certainly a, a lot more than 2,300. But here's the deal. Here's the budget. The basketball revenue at St. Peter's last year was $1.6 million. The basketball revenue of Kentucky was $29.3 million. The head coach at St. Peter's, Shaheem Holloway, his salary is 266000 John Calipari makes $8.5 million. Need I say more? I like, okay, upsets happen. You know, all these people, like, fire Calipari was trending after oh, that upset. Well, that's crazy. These people are out of their freaking minds. Like, I went back and I looked at all the 15 seeds that beat two seeds. 
in NCAA tournament history. So this is the 10th time it's happened with Kentucky going down, right, as a two seed. And if you look at some of these other teams that have uh, been taken down, you could play the same game you played with enrollment and money and all that type of stuff. These are embarrassing losses for any two seed. But Tom Izzo, right, has won one championship, just like John Calipari. He wasn't fired after they lost to Middle Tennessee. Right. Coach K had done it when they lost to Lehigh. And Duke won a championship just three years later. You know, uh, Lute Olson at Arizona, he won one championship. Jim Beheim at Syracuse, he won one championship. And all those coaches with one championship also lost as a two seed to a 15 right. seed. So it, it makes no sense. This would be like the Colts, you know, the Colts saying, oh, we, we got to do better than this. And it's like, okay. So where's the upgrade exactly? You know, like right. you want to move on from Carson Wentz? Fine. How are you upgrading? You've got basically Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield left in the QB carousel or Jameis Winston, or you could go with a draft pick. That doesn't help you get dramatically better. It's a lateral move or a move backward. It'd be the right. same thing with John Calipari. You're not progressing. Like, so don't get, don't be prisoner of the moment. I realize the expectations are higher. You're supposed to be competing for championships. It's embarrassing losing to St. Peter's. I get all of that. But do you think that John Calipari has no chance to win a championship over the next three, four years? If the answer is, well, of course he has a chance, well, then why are you willing to get rid of the guy? That makes no sense. Well, I want to stop for one second. I'm not suggesting at all that he should be canned. Although you did mention that it's trending. I did see that. And there were crazy people out there, especially the the, the rabid fans in and around the Lexington area saying that because, you know, it's – Bust. It's it's national championship for Kentucky or bust. That's basically it. And and they don't realize really, A, they've never played the game or been involved with college athletics, how difficult it is to, to advance in this tournament. It's not easy. It really isn't. And you're dealing with kids, 18 to 21 years of age, that have so many emotions going on. Their girlfriend deal here and this and that and whatever, schoolwork. I get it. I really do. So believe me, I'm not suggesting at all that he should be fired. I'm just saying that the, the scale was not balanced here at all for them to lose to St. Peter's. Well, yeah, obviously. But like when it goes to the next degree and when we've got, you know, some actual like a sticking point, if you will, uh, mm. there were a lot of people that in the moment were saying, get rid of Cal. Like, this is unacceptable. It's like, you're a <laughs> moron. Like, really, you are. I understand that you want the results to be a lot better and it's embarrassing for UK to lose to St. Peter's. Uh, but like sometimes you just take it on the chin. It's not to say hey, it's okay, it's permissible. It's like it doesn't rise to a fireable offense. <laughs> that's it. That's Looney Tunes right there. I'm with like you. don't I'm be like the Colts. Don't say this has got to be better, and we're making changes. Okay, cool. Are you getting better? If the answer is no, then it's a dumb decision. It would be the same thing with firing John Calipari. You're exactly right. And the Carson Wentz thing, I think that was predicated on that embarrassing loss to Jacksonville at the end of the season. I'm sure it was like a a knee-jerk reaction. There's no doubt. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Exactly. So, (laughs) yeah, it'd be a knee-jerk reaction to be like, this was really embarrassing to lose to St. Peter's. And we didn't even know they were the Peacocks until they won this game. And Yeah, it is embarrassing. 
But to the point where you just clean house? No, that's a complete and utter overreaction if they did something like You're that. You're exactly right. And I have just a, a, a remark here to make about college basketball, which I enjoy a lot. And I watch these tournaments. Look, winning the regular season really means nothing. It means nothing at all. And here's a, a, a possible key that maybe they should go in this direction. Okay, the winner of the regular season should get an automatic bid. That's my take. And the winner of the tournament gets a bid. All right. If the winner of the tournament is also the winner of the regular season, then the loser in that title game gets the bid. That's the way it should be, really. Now, you talk to a team like Richmond, they got hot for four games and they go to the tournament. Is it right? You know, it's great. It's a great achievement what they did, but, you know, the entire regular season means nothing. And I heard Charles Barkley even say it last night, you know, why some teams come alive. He said, hey, clean slate. It's a clean slate when you come to them. I get it. But then again, everything you've done, all the work up to that point, means nothing. So I, I think it should mean something to win a regular season championship. You're going to have to run that by me because it was like the team that wins and the other team that loses and the two seed should be okay, the one. I, I, I don't know where let, you're going Let's give this. an example here. Here's an example. A smaller conference called the Mountain West Conference or the, the Mid-American Conference. Regular season champ. Whoever wins the regular season, automatic bid. Okay, then they have the tournament. If the tournament champion happens to be the regular season champ who's getting that bid anyway, in that championship game, the team that they beat – the team that loses that game, they go as well. How? How? You don't have that many spots for all well, these teams. Well, you know what? It should be that way. There, there are so be. many leagues, Andy, you realize this, that are one-bid leagues. You can't just right. double all the automatic bids there. You're not going to have anybody at that's at large. You know, a bunch of teams from I hear what these saying. one bid conferences. It's not going to work like that. Okay, and you can't do every single conference. I understand that, but there's got to be some consolation for winning the regular season. There has to be. It, it means nothing. It's a joke. Don't you agree with that? Well, Andy, this is why I've said for the longest time. I think that the conference championships. I don't think it should be an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. If you want to weigh it heavily into like weighing right, who won the regular season, like all yeah. these conference games, who was the winner of the regular season, okay. and then weigh it against who won the conference championship game. And uh, a lot of times the winner of the conference championship game, it isn't a more deserving team Agreed. than the squad that won the regular season crown. So, yeah, I would just weigh it heavily. I wouldn't have it be an automatic bid when you win your conference tournament. Okay, I'm with you. I'll, I'll, I'll meet you on that. I really will. Because you could have a guy, a team that gets hot and it may have had a losing record during the regular sure. season, but it gets hot for three or four games and they're going to go. I don't think it's right. I think that three or four days or three or four games should not erase an entire season of three months. Well, yeah, I've, I've said that. That's been my yearly take for a long time. And we talked about it last week. On the flip side of it, it's a smaller conference's moment in the sun when there are stakes like this is for a bid to the big dance. This is for an NCAA tournament berth, no questions asked. Well, then it's interesting, and you might turn in and watch – the winner of the MAC with two A's or the Horizon League or whatever, right? Like you might watch those games because the stakes are higher. But I think that a team that has been the best team for months in that conference and didn't happen to be the best team for a span of three or four games, they get absolutely hosed. I don't think it's right. I'm with you right there. And you talk about the best team. I'm glad you brought that term up because we talked about this in the last hour. 
the Las Vegas Rays now with Devontae Adams. I mean, the Raiders, as you mentioned, they may have the best group of skilled players in the NFL. Derek Carr, and I'll say this, he is still the fourth best quarterback in that division. There's no doubt. But that's not a big deal because look who he has to go to. They got Devontae Adams. They got the tight end, Darren Warnell. They got Hunter Renfro. They got a great guy, great bunch of guys. Josh Jacobs can help you win in the passing game as well as a running back. So these guys are going to be looked at and really respected a lot more. And I think they deserve a lot more respect. As you gave me the odds in the last hour, what they might do as far as winning, I think that they're going to be a big surprise, certainly with their new coach right now. I mean, their new coach, Josh McDaniels, he's kind of a, quote, offensive genius, they claim. We'll see what he's going to do. Well, I think that, and I thought this even before the Devontae Adams trade, I think that the Raiders could be (laughs) this year's version of the Arizona Cardinals, right? Like, if you looked at the NFC West heading into last season, a lot of people thought Arizona was going to finish last because you'd say, well, the Rams, they picked up Matthew Stafford. They're going to be really tough. Uh, The the Seahawks with Russell Wilson heading into last season. They always win double-digit games. And then you have the Niners, who were in the Super Bowl just uh, a year prior, right? And uh, unless they're just ravaged by injury like they were in 2020, then you have to like their chances as well. So it seemed like Arizona, process of elimination, might finish last. They were picked by many to finish last. They won 11 games, their playoff team, you know? So I think that the Raiders could be exactly that team. And that's the other thing, Andy. You know this. People seem to have forgotten, but you don't just look at rosters on paper and say, okay, we think that the Raiders just on paper have the worst roster or the the worst chance of winning the division. Okay, that's fine, but that that's not the way a season plays out. Like this perfect example was last year, the NFC West. Go right back to the injury of Russell Wilson. Right? right, like you get a couple of big time injuries. Look at all the injuries the Chargers have had recently. You know they have a really talented roster, but let's say they have a couple of key injuries at, at really important positions. That changes the math completely. So I think the Raiders are being sold way too short here. No, I think that they are much closer to those other rosters um, in their division. It's going to be a gauntlet. But it just seems like they're the consensus last place team. I just don't buy it. I don't think it's that clear cut. Yeah, and it's funny to speak about Devontae Adams. We kept on hearing and reading about how much the Packers were willing to give Adams whatever he wanted. I, I don't believe that. I don't think the Packers were going to open up the checkbook for both he and Aaron Rodgers. No, they, they were. were pay, they were. They were willing so? to give him basically the same eight, deal. Eighty yes. million dollars annually for two players. I don't see that. I don't see basically that the same deal was offered. Well, I don't believe it. I really don't. Unless well, it, I it happened. It. <laughs> like, it happened. No, That's exactly well, what I mean. I mean, there's a lot of reports that said it happened. I, don't, I still don't believe it. I don't. Well, I, I don't it's, believe it's time to believe kind of it because it's real, right? It was virtually the same deal. There was a little bit in terms of the structure that was different, but it really just came down to Devontae Adams wanted to reunite with his college teammate, Derek Carr. That's it. It's no. not like the Packers just said, Ah, we're willing to give you like a mediocre deal. They were willing to pay him more annual money than the highest paid receiver, which was DeAndre Hopkins of the Arizona Cardinals. They were willing to do that. That was the offer. They gave it to him. Like Devontae Adams just wanted to go Uh, elsewhere. 
Well, I'm sure of that. I mean, I think that playing with Derek Carr is one, because they put up some great numbers in college. And number two, I think anytime you can get out of that tundra called Green Bay, that's a great possibility as well. And look, I, I think they have a great chance to win. And we've got an aging quarterback in Aaron Rodgers with no receivers right now. That's not a good look. It really isn't. Well, yeah, I mean, if with any de- decision, it probably came down to numerous factors. And that's a decent point, right? Where if you're Devontae Adams and you're thinking, hey, how many more years is Aaron Rodgers going to play right. in general or in Green Bay? And if you aren't as convinced that he's going to be there compared to Derek Carr with the Raiders, especially if you go there, then, yeah, that impacts your decision. And it's crazy, too, Andy, where – if you go back, I didn't realize this. I was just reading a, an article about Devontae Adams, and I thought it was a misprint. It said that the final season for both at Fresno State, it was Devontae, he was a redshirt sophomore, and Derek Carr was a senior, that Devontae Adams had 24 touchdown catches. And I was like, wait, what? And that's exactly what happened. Like, listen to these stats here. Andy, this is Devontae Adams at Fresno State. That's a sophomore. It's the Mountain West. All right, this is him as a freshman. A freshman. He had 102 catches for over 1,300 yards and 14 TDs, okay, with Derek Carr as his college quarterback. This was Devontae Adams as a sophomore, his final season with Fresno State. 131 catches, over 1,700 yards, 24 touchdowns like this. This guy in two years had 38 touchdown catches with Derek Carr throwing him the ball. They probably never ran the football at that school. That's it's freaking great. insane. It's great. But again, the conference is not the I know, top, it's the Mountain not, West. But, but still, it's still, numbers. Numbers are numbers. You're 24 right. 24 touchdown catches in one season. We're talking 13 games. He had 24 touchdown catches. That, that's crazy. That's a crazy amount of production. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. By the way, if Cole Kennedy calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed. Because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the Bracket Challenge standings at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's million-dollar Bracket Challenge powered by... Indeed. Okay. We got Brian No. We got Andy Furman. We got Bonnet Barrel betting this hour. Brian No and Knows Picks in our number three. Get us on Twitter at The No Show, at Andy Furman FSR, or 877-99 on Fox. That translates to 877-996-6369. Another quarterback, maybe packing, will tell you who next. He was an MVP, and now he could be on the move. We'll get to that in just about a minute. But he is Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. It's about 23 minutes past the hour on the first day of spring. This is Fox Sports Sunday. And it's always good to know, B, that there are people out there watching your every move and listening to your every word. Uh-oh. And one of those people is Suck It Coop ah. on Twitter, okay? Uh-huh. And when I was mentioning about... Our guy, uh, Baker Mayfield, up in Columbus, I said he stuck something on the The 50-yard line. He said, the thing that Baker stuck on the ground up there in Columbus, it's called the flag. It's called the flag. So he he straightened me out. Thank you so much, Coop. Thank you very much. I needed that. I really did. All right, it's good. It's good to know people there help me out. I like that. And I'll say this. If you don't like Matty Ryan as a player, 
you got to love him as a person. You really do. And I'll tell you why. I, I don't know Matty Ryan from Joe Ryan. I really don't. I, I never met the guy. I've followed his career. But now right. that Deshaun Watson's going to Cleveland, uh, the Atlanta Falcons are, are, are looking at Matty Ryan. Is he going to be the quarterback in 2022? Is he not? I don't know. And according to some published reports, uh, Matty Ryan, who was the MVP of the league in 2016, he's going to consider his options, okay? He could stay in Atlanta. But maybe, who knows, maybe he's going to leave. But I remember this. Remember, Baker Mayfield demanded a trade after the Browns made that play for Watson. You hit this on the head earlier today. Matt Ryan sat quiet in the background while Atlanta did its best to try to bring in his replacement, and he even did the team a favor. He postponed like a $7.5 million roster bonus that was supposed to become guaranteed this past Friday. The bonus will now become guaranteed this Tuesday. So that's the kind of gentleman, the kind of guy Matt Ryan is if he decides he wants to be traded, okay? And there are a lot of teams out there that can use Matt Ryan. Well, listen, he was a professional, you know, he's like, hey, I get it. Do you think that Matt Ryan loves the Falcons pursuing Deshaun Watson? No, he's a competitor, but he understands the business and he was a professional about it. So I respect that about the guy. He's not this little kid like Baker Mayfield. Like, think about that. Baker Mayfield, the season he just turned in. To have the audacity, to have the nerve to be like, oh, you're pursuing Deshaun Watson, a guy who's way better than me. I'm going to go to social media and be like, I feel like I've given my all to this organization. It just feels like that's not being reciprocated. And I'm just paraphrasing here. That was so freaking lame by Baker Mayfield. And it was stupid, too, because... Cleveland, if they didn't land Deshaun Watson, that's easily the best place for Baker Mayfield. Look at his market now, right? Like, you'd rather be in, what, Carolina compared yeah. to Cleveland? Like, look at the rosters. Just compare those rosters. Cleveland, compared to the other teams that need quarterbacks, I'd rather be in Cleveland than Seattle. I'd rather be in Cleveland roster-wise than even the Colts. Baker's been there for years. He's established chemistry with many of his teammates. So I, I think that it was just a complete temper tantrum that blew up in Baker's face. I thought that was a terrible move by him. I'm with you right there. And look, I would say that the Indianapolis Colts, they're probably maybe just a quarterback away from being a contender. When I say a contender, a Super Bowl contender. And I think that Carson Wentz, uh, and then now you have uh, Matty Ryan, would definitely be a step above a Carson Wentz. There's no doubt about that. I think the good mar- the good move here for the Falcons is that the Colts are in the AFC. They wouldn't have to worry about playing against Matt Ryan and the Colts, maybe until 2023, maybe. So I, I think that that'll be a great move for the Colts and a great move for Matt Ryan. It really would. Well, I could see that working out, and it's possible it will. We'll just see how it unfolds. But um, if you look at Matt Ryan at this stage of his career, he needs a couple of things. He needs weapons to throw to, as most any quarterback protection. does. He needs an offensive line, and they just do not have that in Atlanta. If he went to Indianapolis, that's a significant step up offensive line-wise for Matt Ryan. It's not a who's who to throw to. That's the other thing. If you go back to last year, people were uber-critical of Carson Wentz, but you got to be uber-critical of what he had to throw to. Like You can't just forget that end of the equation where you've got Michael Pittman and what? An aging T.Y. Hilton. You have the tight end duo of Jack Doyle and Mo Alley Cox. You know, it's not a who's who that right. Carson Wentz had to throw to. So be similar with Matt Ryan. 
But Matt Ryan, you look at who he had to throw to. He had a young, tremendous tight end in Kyle Pitts, who put up big-time numbers as a rookie uh, last season. Uh, He might have had, I have to go back and look, he might have the most yardage ever as a rookie tight end, if not right there on the short list. But what were the wide receivers he had to throw to? Who were they? You didn't have Calvin Ridley for most of the season. You had B-rate receivers all over the place. So uh, I think you have to take that into account when you're looking at where Matt Ryan is as a quarterback and production-wise at this stage of his career. i got to run something by because I'm sure you mentioned this last week because I have my little Brian No notebook that I kind of keep notes on because you always say things that are very, very intelligent. I, I really mean that. And one of the things I read earlier this week that Matt Ryan's maybe landing spots, obviously we said Indianapolis, I think Seattle's a possibility, but one of them they said was the 49ers. And why I bring this up, didn't you mention last week that in the MVP race, wasn't they Trey Lance's name in there for MVP? And now they're saying that Matt oh, Ryan yeah. may be a candidate for the 49ers? No, I mean, I, that crazy. I understand. It's not going to happen. Like, yeah, last week it was at BetMGM. The, uh, the, in terms of the most bets, it was for MVP this coming season. Right. It was Josh Allen, number one. It was Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson, number yeah. two. And then it was Trey Lance. From the 49ers, number three, the third most bet MVP candidate. And I get it. A lot of these better see dollar signs. And when Trey Lance is either at 80 to 1 or 66 to 1 to win MVP, a lot of better see dollar signs and like, ooh, I could lay 20 bucks and I could win hundreds of dollars. And it's just not going to happen. But no, I don't see that happening at all, Andy. You look at San Francisco, that was an all in type situation trading all of those assets to get Trey Lance I just don't see them trading more to get a guy like Matt Ryan you got to pay him also I just don't see that at all I think it's Trey Lance's show next season in San Fran we cleared that up because that that was a question mark that I had because I did remember the MVP situation last week now he's Brian Noah I'm Andy Furman and hiring heating up Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract screen and interview candidates all in one place sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates or on Indeed whose resumes match your job description visit Indeed.com slash credit and speaking of indeed with the tournament in full gear be sure to check out the bracket challenge standings at foxsportsradio.com for fox sports radio's million dollar bracket challenge powered by indeed now what's the difference that's next but first the premier sports anchor in the fox sports radio stable of stars brian fenley with the latest i am at the lowest part of the bullpen but andy i appreciate the kind words Uh, you are not hey hey Sorry, that Excuse was me. sorry. Excuse me. That was me referencing Kentucky's performance in the opening <laughs> round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, and I know you're from Kentucky. So Vomiting. I, yeah, exactly. That too. That that's what Body Tennessee. Bag. Tennessee. We'll get to that in a little bit later. And, and they they gagged. But number one Gonzaga, as you run through the second round of the NCAA tournament, they prevail over number nine Memphis, eighty-two to seventy-eight. This was an entertaining contest. A lot of drama. Drew Timmy at the end made the difference. Twenty-five points in the game 21 of those in the second half and hey by the way brian yes can i mention one thing sure go for it i just thought this was funny last night yeah because uh drew timmy he was outstanding offensively Mm -hmm. in the second half like you pointed out but he's nothing defensively and i thought it was hilarious (laughs) i think it was jim nance who was doing the game you can correct me if you remember better but uh i think it was andrew catalan oh you might be right yeah but at the end 
there was about 40 some seconds to go and there was just a, a there was a timeout and they they showed Drew Timmy on the bench and he's like oh uh, Jim Tim uh, uh, Drew Timmy's getting a rest over here he's rest it's like no he just stinks defensively <laughs> like, he had time to rest if he was any good he'd be out there he's resting his arm from shooting that's right. Yeah. Well, that is true. They also, a lot of guys were saying that there were times that he fouled Memphis players, probably because he was exhausted, but the whistle <laughs> wasn't blown. So, you know, that certainly, when you, when you give up fouls, that's a good sign that you're exhausted. And number four, Arkansas exhausting number 12, New Mexico State, 53 to 48. Sorry to hear about your Aggies there, Andy. 15th seeded St. <laughs> Peter's. How about this run? They continue on into the round of 16 after they get past another Kentucky-bound team or Kentucky-located team, number seven, Murray State, 70 to 60. The Peacocks, yeah, that's the name, and they will face off against the winner of today's Texas versus Purdue matchup. Number four, Providence rides on to a win against number 12, Richmond, 79 to 51. The Spiders are one of 22 from three-point range. Could not get it done from distance. The Friars will now take on Kansas. The top-seeded Jayhawks were able to cast aside Creighton, 79 to 72. Did I mention Andy and Brian, number four UCLA, into the Sweet 16 for the second consecutive year? And this time they flogged number five St. Mary's 72 to 56. Johnny Juzing had 14 points, such a skilled mastermind at those mid range jumpers. Did they barely and- beat in the first round, Brian Fenley. A win is a win, no matter the <laughs> differential in scoring. It was Akron it, gave him some hard. Akron gave him some uh, some game in the first yeah, round. The zips, yeah, yeah, the zips did. I guess the and that was the day they announced Mick got a six year extension on his contract. Mick Cronin. Yeah, and then Cincinnati. Where did they end up in the tournament? Oh, I'm well, sorry. Well, Cincinnati said that Mick couldn't coach. They let him go. Oh, no, he just, went to the, he just went to bigger and better. That's all. Sure did. <laughs> so the Bruins will play. The, the Bruins will face North Carolina in the Sweet 16. The Heels beat number one Baylor, and the number three Tennessee falters. They they croak against number eleven Michigan, 76 to 68. Juwan Howard continues to wow, and he has his guys back into another round of 16 matchup. With that, let's get it back to quite the one-two punch of a matchup. It's Brian No and Andy Furman. Oh, every corner is covered. That's coming right up. We've crossed the 50-yard line that we call Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. And we have Bonabarro Benny coming up in about seven, eight minutes from now. And, and B, with your permission, I'd like to talk a little NCAA March Madness versus NCAA College Football Playoffs because they're both two big events. And, and what's the difference? What's the same? What's the deal? Okay? NCAA Bracket Show last Sunday, they said 5 million viewers tune in for that. Now, the College Football Selection Show, they get about one-fifth of that. Now, part of that reason I get it, it's ESPN cable versus network TV. That I understand. But as we know, college football is very, very, very much more popular than college basketball. Basketball has more teams. Basketball, more mystery. Basketball showing the 68-team field for the first time. That's the key, I think. The college football Final Four team playoff show, they show us teams that we already know. That's the key right there. And basketball, the four number one seeds, Washington, Texas, Arizona, Kansas, the four two seeds, North Carolina, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, and Alabama. Uh, Number three seeds, Tennessee, Indiana, Wisconsin, and Texas. And most of the college football, as you know, is located in the southeast. So when I say every corner is covered, college basketball has it coast to coast. And that may be the reason why more people are watching because there are more people involved. 
there's more people, more games, more teams, and covers the nation in a vast, vast majority more so than college football because we basically know. You know, right now today, you'll know possibly three of the four final teams in college football, won't you? You really would. This is a very long breakdown for something very simple, Andy. Like, help me, yeah, help me, dude. There are sixty-eight teams that get into the NCAA tournament. Of course, the ratings are going to be higher. There's just more to find out. You know, college football. There are a lot of years. You not only know who the four teams are going to be, you know where they're going to be seated. Also. Right, there's, there's no way secrets. less to find out about. So of course it should work out like that. No, because there's no secrets. I, I think that the college football situation should be more secretive because people are holding their breath when they have the college basketball uh, a selection show on TV because you really don't know. People are waiting for their name to appear on the screen where in football, I don't care how many teams are involved, 4, 12, 18, whatever it may be, you basically know going in every week, week to week, which teams are there. There's no surprise. For the most part, for the most part, that's the way it works out. So, yeah, of course, it makes all the sense in the world that college basketball's selection show would have higher ratings. Well, and I think part of the reason, as I mentioned, I think, of course, on network TV as opposed to cable. That that's a big difference as well. You could flip flop it and put the selection show for college basketball just on cable, and you can put the selection show for college football on any network channel you want, and the college basketball show is still going to outrate the college football show by leaps and bounds. It because has nothing of the to do with involved. cable versus network. Yes, um, seating, who's seated where, what region are you in? You have Andy when you watch those col- those selection shows. For college basketball, you have like filled gyms, like like yeah, we made it. Like you don't have that in college football. It's just a different and I'd love dynamic. to see that. I know, and I'd love to see that in college football. But you know, because it's, it's not because every happen. because they have it every week. Because we know week to week what's going to go on. And again, right now, you could tell me that three of the four teams next year, what LSU might be there, Alabama's going to be there, another SEC team will probably be in there. College basketball, you had no idea. And I think that's the beauty of it, although uh, college football, to me, is so much more popular than college basketball. Don't you agree? It certainly is. Yeah, man. Like, this is not (laughs) difficult, Andy. I don't know why we're dragging this out. Like, of course, the college basketball show is going to be higher rated. There's more to find out about. Good Lord. We'll let it go. We'll let it go, okay? I I was just concerned that really and truly there should be more mystery in college football. Because college football is more popular. It's not so they set should... up for that. It's not set up for mystery. Well, it's not set up because they do that every week. They have the weekly updates. And maybe yeah. they should just let that go. Yeah, and there are four maybe... teams. That's it. And maybe they should do away with it. Maybe they should do away with the weekly updates. I mean, Really? I, not... So you yeah. would just be in the dark if they didn't do a weekly update. You'd be like, is Alabama going to make well, it? Well, there'd be more speculation. Come on, man. be more speculation, don't you think? No, I don't. No. I, there'd be a little bit more, but not by leaps and bounds. No. So you you think that if there was not a week-to-week update, the interest level would, would be diminished? Is that what you're saying? No. No, it would no, be not at all. barely more than what it is. Barely. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it would be. Like, Andy, if you just had the AP poll, and let's just say the college well, no football the rankings. I'm just saying, if you right. didn't have the committee's rankings, they just kept them in the dark. Right, right, right. They're like, we're not, we're not sharing anything with you guys. You know, we're gonna try to spruce up the anticipation at the end of the season. 
it's still not going to be just these wild curveballs. Like, holy cow, they're taking the 10th-ranked AP poll team and putting them in the college football playoff. It wouldn't work out like that. There would be subtle differences. But well, you still, still have back. a really yeah. good gauge of who they're going to select. And they do hold back that weekly poll until, like, October anyway. They don't, yeah. they don't do the – well – yeah, you're right. But I'm just saying that I just find it odd that football is so much more popular than basketball, and basketball's got the mystery where I think football should have the mystery. I, I like the what, mystery what? aspect. It's not going to happen, well, man. I it's know. not set up for that. I don't if know why you're, 12. you're like losing sleep. 12. You're losing sleep over the college football selection show being more highly rated. Like, who the hell cares? Yeah, you're, they don't even okay. care. Close the door on that one. You're right. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. This game is bigger than any madness. Bottom barrel betting is freaking next. Bottom barrel betting coming right up. It's about 12 minutes now before the top of the hour on the first day of spring. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He is Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We got a game to play. So what are we waiting for? Let's play. You got that thing for me? It's bottom. Oh, really? I thought you was late. You put my money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your brain to sleep. And the host, the one and only BT. How you doing, BT? What's up, Andy? How you doing? How you doing? Everything's good. Good, man. How you doing, Brian? I am freaking fantastic, Brandon. You? Everything good? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing okay. Good. Andy, nice. what happened to you, man? Oh, wow. I like to hear that. How bad? 0-5 oh, okay. for Andy oh, last week. I'll tell you what you I know. My day, Brandon. That's beautiful. And Brian, what happened to you, man? What? What? I couldn't have done worse. We disagreed on some of those. You went 5-0, and no, boy. Wow. We disagreed on every pick last week? Every pick. Wow. Oh, that's beautiful right there. My streak oh, ended. I like won three of the last four, I think. Man, oh, man, oh, man, Andy. That Goodness. Oh, I, is this man. the first 5-0 and o versus 0-5? and five? It might be. I think so. Maybe. Man, as as far as I've done. It's still a W and it's still an L. Don't make a difference. Oh, All right. it makes a difference for well, sure. Well, let's see. <laughs> you blew it! Let's I see know, if Andy can turn the tide this week, and let's see if Brian can repeat what he did last week. So one of the bigger stories of the NCAA tournament is Coach K's final ride. The Blue Devils mm-hmm. are taking on the Michigan State Spartans in the round of 32 today. They're led by forward Paolo Bancaro, who is the team leader for averages and points and yeah. rebounds. So Brian and Andy... Over or under five and a half assists for Bancaro against the Spartans today? Whew. Five and a half, huh? That's a lot. That's a little bit right there. I'm going to take the under on that one. Me too. And I'm not going on your back, Bellini. I just believe. I just think. I don't think he's going to make. Let me lead you to the promised land over here. Yeah, right. Okay, thanks. Next. If you can't beat them, join them. Uh, the San Diego Wave played their first match this week in the NWSL Challenge Cup, and it ended in a one-to-one draw. The Wave will face the Portland Thorns this week. Andy and Brian, after tallying 416 passes in their previous match, over or under 395 and a half passes for the San Diego Wave in their next match. I say under in the next match, under 395. And you know I what? Feel I feel bad be for whoever's counting that, you know? Right, it's like, oh, right. Man, I'm going to take the over here. I mean, really? just math-wise, right? Like the, the totals, a good amount under their last games. I'll take the over on that one. 
Would you attend the San Diego Wave game? Absolutely. Oh, I would not. Absolutely. That was a quick, that was a snap call by you, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. It's a new team. They've got Alex Morgan. That sounds like fun. Face painted or no face painted? No, definitely <laughs> no. not. Okay, no right. face painted okay. at all. Okay. Just checking. World Series MVP Jorge Soler signed with the Miami Marlins yesterday on a three-year contract. Soler had some clutch home runs in last year's Fall Classic. Can he come up clutch in spring training? Andy and Brian, will Soler have a home run this week during one of the Marlins' spring training games? Uh, it's a good line by you. I don't know how much he's going to play. That's, That's the, the whole key, question. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to say no. I don't think that he's uh, out there just left and right. I'll say no on that. I say yes. I think he will have a home run this week. Yeah. I think hey, he will. listen, it depends on how many at-bats he gets. If he well, gets how many a games handful, they play. Might go yard, yeah. 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 Perfect. Today is the national championship game for the women's Frozen Four. Ohio State is taking on Minnesota Duluth. Ohio State led the NCAA in scoring, averaging 4.7 goals a game. So Andy and Brian, over or under three and a half goals for Ohio State in the championship game. Minnesota Duluth has a real bad goalkeeper. Over. (laughs) You know that? I almost believed you for a second. There's no way you know that. I am not revealing my sources. <laughs> um, I'm going to take the under. huh? When you go up against a Minnesota school in hockey, Duluth. I don't think it's going to be goals galore. I'm taking the under. Championship game, too. I mean, it's going to be defense. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, so the NCAA tournament has been pretty wild so far. We've seen some shocking upsets. St. Peter's, Michigan, etc. So Andy and Brian, this is a pretty easy one. Will we see a team seated 10 and a half or lower advance to the Elite Eight this week? Yes. Wow. Yes. 10 and a half or lower. Yes. I say yes. Uh, how many chances do we have? We got Notre Dame. We got uh, Michigan. Uh, I'm doing quick uh-huh. math over here. St. Peter's still alive. Iowa I go, State. No. How many? What else? Oh, Ohio Iowa State. State. Iowa State. Yeah, Michigan's, Wisconsin. Michigan's 11. Yeah. Uh, you got a shot. Uh, I go no. Uh, I go yes. I go no. That's bottom barrel betting. Good Iowa stuff. State. Iowa State might do it. There we go. Who knows? I don't know. Hey, we're going to tell you just how valuable he is. And so much more. Where? On Fox Sports Sunday coming up right here next. Where will he land? That's coming right up. But right now, it's time to say good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's Fox Sports Sunday, the first day of spring. I'm Andy Furman, joined by my partner, my friend, the brains of the outfit, the renaissance man himself, the guy who has an answer to every question, the one and only Mr. Brian No, Hello, B. How are you? This is hour three on spring day. You're big into spring here, Andy. You're all excited I, for this, huh? I like the spring. I like the spring. You know why? Because the spring is that much closer to the fall because that's <laughs> when football starts. That's why right. I'm excited. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm excited for spring also. You get some better weather depending on where you live in the country. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm good, Andy. Everything good with you? Everything yes. fine? Yes. Are you excited about the bill passed with the daylight savings time going to be permanent right now? You know what? Here's the thing. I've been reading all this stuff. I didn't realize this. It's daylight saving time, like not plural. I've always said savings like you just did. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I see all these columns where I think it's technically daylight saving Saving. time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess you are saving daylight, so it's yeah. saving, not savings. Yeah, it's Good not point. like you're going yes. to the grocery store and and there's savings going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I don't care yeah. what you call it. I'm just happy they're doing it, really. Yeah, you know, a lot of call, people call, call it extra light that. time, extra sun time. I don't care what you call it. I'm happy they're doing it. <laughs> I like extra sun time better. I think there's a better ring to that. I would EST, rather go with that. EST, extra yeah. sun time. There we sure. go. All right, I, I want to talk about the. I, mean, I know I don't want to aggravate you. You're my Uh-oh. friend. I love Uh-oh. you to death. And, and the last segment we had before bottom barrel betting, it was a little off the wall there with the comparison <laughs> between the football. I get it, okay. But the college basketball tournament, uh-huh. maybe I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking out loud. Maybe the tournament has become more regional. I know it's widespread. The wings are spread. The 68 teams. It goes from coast to coast. But at least where I live in the Midwest. Xavier University, out. There's no University of Cincinnati. University of Dayton, not in. University of Kentucky, bounced by St. Peter's. There's lack of a rooting interest here. I think people are still watching. I think the gambling aspect and the, the, the brackets really help it, really help it immensely. But I just think the, the rooting interest is not where it used to be, at least where I live, because the teams that we used to follow are no longer in the tournament. I mean, I just, I don't know, Andy. Like, again, the stuff of, like, look at college basketball as a whole, where it used to be, and used to see guys, I remember, this is really dated, but a guy named Ralph Sampson, he was going to be the number one overall pick, and he's like, I'm going back to college for, like, his senior year. That's unheard of now. Think about a guy like Christian Leitner. Andrew Luck did. Andrew Luck did. Andy, that's football. Okay, okay, I'm just saying, but you like know. compare college basketball to college basketball. You got to stay in football for three years, right? Okay. So sometimes guys go back for their senior year. Every now and right. then it does happen. In college basketball, there's a reason why one and done is talked about so often. Most of these top end guys are one and done, they're out of there. And back in the day, you would have guys stuck around for three, four years routinely that were going to be number one picks. A guy like Christian Leitner, he never would have been around Duke for those the final two seasons of his career. He would have bolted for the NBA. So it's just right. a different day and age. It's completely changed. And you don't have that. It's like built-in equity where you're familiar with these players for three, four years. There's history. There's If you saw Zion Williamson in the big dance for three more years at Duke... Like, that's huge for their ratings and the interest. It's just a different day and age, man. Of course all that stuff is going to change. Right. It it certainly did change, and I think that it hurts both the NBA and it hurts college sports as well. Although, I think the running interest is there. People follow it. There's no doubt about that. But as far as name recognition, I think it hurts. I think it really does. It hurts both the pro game and the college game. But it's not going to change. There's no no way on God's green earth that's going to change. Kids go to school for one reason, one reason only. If you're an athlete, if you're a basketball player, you want to go to the next level. And the faster you get there, and then look, there's an injury. I get it. There's an injury factor. You can get hurt. Who knows what may happen. Sure. Yeah. Are you going to go? I get I it. I mean, I get it. I'm not hating on any of these uh, players that bolt for the NBA and get paid. I Hey, I get it. But um, it's just there's a, a ripple effect. And, of course, between the NBA and college basketball, who suffered more? It's college basketball by leaps and bounds. It's right. not even close to have that type of talent gone after one year. Like, imagine some of these guys, these one-and-done stars. Think about Kevin Durant. He was a one-and-done guy. Imagine if he's at Texas for three more years, how much that would mean for college athletics. Like, it would be huge for ratings. And 
It really is. It's impressive. I think it works the opposite way, Andy. Of course, it's not going to be as popular as it once was. When you look at how much it has changed, it is pretty amazing that it's still this popular when you don't get those names. You don't get that name recognition for sticking around routinely for three or four years. The top-end talent is normally gone after a year, and yet it's still uber popular. It speaks to how much we love March Madness. And I think it speaks to also the, the the brackets. I think that's a big deal. I mean, sure. the office pools, you know, people are just you know putting names down there because of nicknames and colors, whatever it may be. But I will tell you this much. I think the one and done, what it's done has basically leveled the playing field. So you see the, the teams that normally would not be that competitive, like the St. Peter's of the world. You know, you've got four-year players playing at St. Peter's. I think that means a lot. I think playing together yeah. for a great length of time. I'm not saying they're great players. I'm not saying they're D1 players. I'm not saying they're blue chippers. And those players at St. Peter's probably never would have been looked at by schools like Kentucky. But I think there's something to be said about a group of players that play together for a longer period of time. You know, they, they get to know one another. There's a cohesion there. There's unison. And, you know, the, the one and dunners you change every single year. There's a factor there. I mean, we do this every single All right, year. let's move on. I, I mean, really, let me oh, just me, say this me, real no. Fast. no, no, no. I'm saying oh. in general. Not oh, just okay. you. It just, okay, this conversation you. is it's a, a pick-and-choose conversation, right? You can pick-and-choose a St. Peter's or take another team that's a double-digit seed and they pull off an upset. And it's like, oh, no wonder these one-and-done teams, they don't have the chemistry. There are plenty of one-and-done teams that have won championships, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, so that's my whole thing is sometimes we take an example here or there and it's like we're applying it to the whole landscape and, and it works the opposite way a lot of the time. So, I mean, like UK just got beat like that. That was an embarrassing loss for them. They didn't shoot well. It's not because they don't have one and done players. It's they had an off shooting night. Yeah, Coach Cal night, said after the game, he's yeah. like, they didn't, we didn't make free throws. They did. They made shots we didn't. Like, of course, heading into that, both head coaches would have opted for more talent, even if it was one and done talent. And forget uh, about the talent aspect. I, I and I really enjoy listening to Charles Barkley. I mean, the other clowns that they have on all these shows right now, I don't even know how to get their jobs. I really Charles Barkley. He doesn't hold back. He just lets it go. And he's you don't just, like hey, Kenny the Jet Smith, huh? No love for him. I like Kenny. Him? And he's a New York guy. Went to Malloy High School in the Queens. How about Clark Kellogg? Kenny. No love for Clark the, the, Kellogg. The, the, that crew is the best. That crew should do every game. That's the crew I'm talking okay. about. But right. you got guys like Rex Chapman. He never even does his homework. I mean, come on. But here's the deal. You know what Charles Barkley said? When you get kids that are 18 years of age, and you get a kid playing for Kentucky, he's St. Peter's on the jersey. There's a lack of respect. They don't They don't put out, they just don't yeah. respect that team and they're not going to give you the 100% that's needed in a game like that when everything's on the line. And it's right, he's right. I mean, I just think that there are teams that don't get up for other teams when they yeah. see the name on the jersey. I think that makes a lot more sense than, oh, well, St. Peter's and this continuity and these juniors and seniors versus these one-and-done guys from Kentucky. Like, right? Like, I mean, if you're missing shots, you're missing shots. Like, right. Kentucky has a really, really talented team. It happens in basketball. Sometimes you just don't shoot the ball well. Uh, and uh, we go into movie trailer mode, right? Where it's just like, oh, no wonder it's because of the chemistry. It's like it's basketball. It's 40 minutes. You got a three point line. You've got teenagers out there. Anything can happen, you know? Right. So I, I think that Charles is right. There is a letdown factor where you can't tell me 
that Kentucky didn't go into that game thinking St. Peter's from the Mac, right? Like the two A's in Mac. Like we're good. Look at our talent compared to theirs. And if you're not focused, you can get beaten. And they did. Or, or if Kentucky went into that game, forget about the St. Peter's and the name. If they went in that St. Peter's was a four seed, there'd be a little more respect than a yeah. 15 seed. Sure. That's the key, too. You're right. You're exactly right. Now to talk about respect, let's talk about the National Football League. Talk about money. Okay, Cleveland Browns, if they trade Baker Mayfield, which they probably will, they're going to trade the guy. They're going to save like almost $19 million. That's Baker Mayfield's salary. Should he be traded? He will be traded. And he probably will be dealt since the Browns have landed the quarterback of the future, Deshaun Watson, okay? Baker, not a franchise quarterback, but there will be interest I got to believe at least six teams are going to want Baker Mayfield, although oh. this guy's got to clean up his act. And I think one of those Who teams. Who are the might, six teams? I'm gonna I'm gonna say our guy Chris's team, Chris P. The Detroit Why? Lions. Man. Why would I, you I trade for Goff. Baker Mayfield? Is he any better than Jared Goff? Because he's younger and he's cheaper, and he may be more resilient. He's a tougher guy, I think. Why? Why? He's a couple years younger. Why? Why? Why would you trade for Baker? I'm looking at the money factor. They they will save about eight to ten million dollars by getting rid of Goff uh, by a June 1st release. Someone has to take Goff's contract, though. Right. I agree. I agree. And I think somebody probably will because I don't, there are teams I, out there. You don't I, think so? No, I just... The opportunity cost is just... It's it's too thin. Yeah. Especially since Goff had, you know, showed a lot of promise late in the season. I'm not saying he's a world beater, but you know, I think whatever upside Goff still has in this point in the career is basically the same upside to Baker Mayfield. I'm not saying it's yeah, I'm not saying Baker Mayfield is just the trash out there. I think there would be some right. interested teams. I just don't think it's going to be the Lions. Okay, so forget the Lions and so now we're down to five teams. I think the Saints. I think the Saints are a possibility. No. Uh, you, would you rather I'd have Jameis Winston? I'd much rather have Jameis Winston off or Marcus Mariota? Marcus <laughs> I'd rather have Jameis uh, than Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Okay. Do you realize what Baker Mayfield did last year? His passer rating is 27. He was hurt. He was hurt. Okay, he had a shoulder injury. Are you telling me that Aaron Rodgers with a shoulder or Joe Burrow or Tom Brady or the list goes on and on. Patrick Mahomes with a shoulder injury isn't doing better than Baker Mayfield in that See, same situation? I, I, don't, I don't want to go there. I don't want to compare the, the threshold of pain in one's injury. I'm not injury talking about the threshold of pain. I'm talking about the level of skill. Okay, he doesn't think, have it compared to the top guys. Okay, you're not right. I give him the benefit of the doubt because he was injured last year. Why? I, why I, I is that the only season you've seen him with mediocre no, stats? No, and he had okay. Great why? Personnel. So then, why is it all about the injury all of but a sudden? But I would take Baker Mayfield over Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. I would. Big we'll deal over Mariota. He's a backup. That just shows you how much Baker Mayfield is yeah. totally ordinary. Okay, if you're so comparing him to a backup, like I, I would take Baker. I would hope you would. I would hope you take yeah. any starter over okay. a backup. Okay. Okay, so now we're down to four teams. I said six, now we're down to four. So you, you X'd out Detroit, you X'd out the Saints. The Houston Texans, you got to take them no, over Davis no, they're Mills. they're not going to do it. Over Davis they Mills. They like Davis Mills better. They would not do that. Really? You think yes, that? Yes, absolutely. Wow. You, you don't think that the new coach there, Lovey Smith, would yes. want a veteran I, over no, Mills? I, no. Really? No, okay. they are high. Hey, you can say they are high. <laughs> but right. They are high on Davis Mills. No, they would not do that. So I'm over they, three they, right now. Now yes. I got three left. I got three left. Carolina, okay? They were Maybe. all in on Watson, right? They were all in on Watson. Not going to happen right now. And that was a misfire, okay? So now what do they do? What do they got? Sam Darnold? I mean, come on. You got to go with Baker. 
You have to go with Baker yeah, to Carolina. It's a moderate upgrade. Okay, okay. You know? So, um, but, but yeah, they would. I would think they would be in the mix. But it's like, oh my gosh, like that. That's you ever have. Uh, uh, friends, I know this is Sunday. Some people are maybe going to church, but uh, well, you know, me, if it, it it's, it's like closing time, you know, and every now and then one of your buddies is like, uh, and he goes home with like a lagoon creature. That's Baker Mayfield. It's basically closing time. You're making fun of me. I've done that many times. I'm just saying, and Carolina's looking around like, oh my gosh, like uh, we don't want to go home alone. Like, right, ah, I'm- Baker Mayfield. That's the equivalent right there. Okay, but there's, there's a ray of hope. There's a possibility. There's so like a one out of four. I got two teams left. One of them is Seattle. Why do I say that? I would take Baker over Drew Locke. It comes down to that right now. Baker over Drew Locke. Correct? Yes. Yes. Give me that. I mean, Baker's better than Drew Locke. But again, it's not about that. It's how much do you have to give up? How much do you All have right, to pay okay. him? And like, what does it do for you? Really? Oh, and it's not the future. It's I, not I just get about it. 2022, right? It's like... Okay, if we latch on to Baker Mayfield, what are we doing after 2022? What, what's right. the exact plan? But he's here? the bridge. He's, he's the stopgap until 2023. Okay, hey, if you're trying to deal. be competitive, win as many games as possible, yeah, Baker does more for you than Drew Locke. I'll at least give you that. Okay, thank you. So, like, I'm two out of five right now. All right, so now this last one, and this team is in dire need of a quarterback, but I'm not so certain that Baker Mayfield is better than Carson Wentz. Well, I'm talking about the Indianapolis Colts right now. Really? It's a total lateral move in terms of production-wise. Uh, it might even be a step back. It's not going to be a step forward. I just I don't understand the Colts at all. And I'm not telling you that Carson Wentz is awesome, but right. just do a comparison here, Andy. You could either run it back with Carson Wentz, Year two in the same offense, which is actually better than year one with Baker Mayfield. You don't have to give up any assets, and the Colts would have to give up something to get Baker Mayfield, most likely. So, yeah, I think Carson Wentz is a better um, uh, candidate for the Colts, but they were bent. They were, they've had it, but I don't think they're in a better position having kicked Carson Wentz to the curb over in Washington and having to give up more assets for Baker Mayfield. Like compare Baker's season last year to Carson Wentz's. It's not even close to as good. No, I'm with you right there. I think again we mentioned this early on that Carson Wentz, the only reason he's out the door is because of that Jacksonville loss and left a lot of bad taste in a lot of people's mouths and it cost him a playoff berth. That was the key right there. And we did say it was a knee jerk reaction by I would right. say Ursay. I think it was Ursay's yes. call on that. Yeah, his fingerprints are all over it, but I mean, just to put this in perspective, Baker Mayfield, his passer rating was eighty three point one last year that is freaking terrible in this in today's nfl i mean in the 90s is average he's at 83 he was behind daniel jones and taylor heineke and what are we doing over here like i really i honestly believe this andy i think because the browns have been so utterly hideous at quarterback for years and years and years, to have someone at least serviceable in Baker Mayfield, a lot of people think that he's better than he is. He was brutal last year behind a good offensive line and a great running game. He did nothing. I don't want to hear about his shoulder injury. He was trash last season. That's just what it was. So to put a bow on this situation, 
He may be in trouble getting a job. <laughs> he might be in He'll trouble. He'll get a job. Right? He'll get a he gig. Better call but... indeed. Call yeah. indeed, Baker. Yeah, really? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right. He needs All a right. job placement service over there. There we go. He's Brian No. Get him on Twitter at The No Show. I'm Andy Furman at Andy Furman FSL. We'll read him. We'll retweet him. Cleveland fans, let's hear from you. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. By the way, if Cole Kennedy calls Aaron turning into hot hiring leads, then you need indeed, Baker. Because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the Bracket Challenge standings at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's Million Dollar Bracket Challenge, powered by... Indeed, we got nose picks at the bottom of this hour, and we're going to tell you who won the offseason. That's next. Cleveland! We're keeping score in this season. We'll get to that in just about a minute, 23 minutes after the hour. On the first day of spring on Fox Sports Sunday, he's Brian Noah, I'm Andy Furman. And, uh... There was a tweet I read earlier on about Rex Chapman. I think it was Justin in Cincinnati saying that something to the effect that he's glad that he's not alone. There are more people now hating on Rex Chapman. Let me just clear the air. I, I don't hate Rex Chapman. I don't think everybody out there hates the man. It sounded I, I like think- you despise him. No, I mean, I, I no. enjoyed him when he played for Kentucky. As a matter of okay. fact, they wanted to change the name of the city of Lexington, Kentucky to Rexington, Kentucky uh-huh. when he played. They really did. He was uh-huh. a hell of a player. The fact that he goofed and made a very bad mistake on the set saying that Pete Gillen, the former coach at Xavier in Providence and Virginia, had passed on, not, not a good look. That's not a good look. You got to do your homework. I make stupid mistakes. I say stupid things. But when it comes to factual stuff, I try my very best to to like check it out. And I think that you have so many people working with you on the set. You should know that. You really should. But it's not hate. We don't hate Rex Chapman. We just kind of felt for him. I really do. I know what it's like. You want to dig a hole and fall right through when something like that happens. Yeah, well, okay. There we go. Let's just, clean uh, that up a clearing the air that you do clearing not, in air. fact, hate Rex Chapman. Yeah, you know, I don't think it came across that I said that I did, but I'm reading a lot of this stuff. He's trending heavily on hate. He really is, but uh, it's not. A, he's not a bad guy. I like him, but uh, come on, Rex, you got to get better than that. You are better than that. But look, the NFL season now—that's what we're talking about. The season of 2022 officially began when. Wednesday, March the 16th, about 4 o'clock Eastern time. Free agency, who went where, what was the winner, who was the winner. I'm looking right now at Denver. I mean, Denver, I think, head and shoulders because this team promised to be very aggressive at quarterback. And what they do, they get Russell Wilson in a trade, but they got Russell Wilson. And that puts them right at the head of the class right now. And also, don't forget, they got that defensive tackle, uh, DJ Jones from the 49ers. That's going to help again. So I think Denver Broncos right there, they may go to the head of the class as far as the teams that did maybe – the best the best thus far in free agency well look man when you i think it's just the off season right because you include trades it's not just free agency but uh trading for russell wilson is huge when you go from drew lock right to russell wilson or teddy bridgewater to russell wilson it's still a huge step up massive step up um, so, yeah, that's a big-time uh, win in the offseason for the Broncos. I also think the Browns upgrading from Baker Mayfield to Deshaun Watson. I know it's a ton of money. It's a ton of assets. But I think it's 
worth it. I think it's the cost of doing business. And when you have a roster that good offensive line, outstanding running game, good defense, you just traded for, you got Amari Cooper in the offseason, right? Like, think about him upgrading. You go from, Amari Cooper went from being traded to a team that has Baker Mayfield to now being traded to a team that has Deshaun Watson. That's huge for Amari Cooper. So the Browns uh, getting Deshaun is uh, a game changer for their franchise. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Let's let's go out west for a second. I'm looking at teams like the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Rams all did well. And, you know, there was talk prior, I guess right at the end of the season, that maybe the Raiders were going to try to unload or Derek Carr be on the trading block. Looks like they're all in now on Derek Carr. And you got now Devontae Adams. And by, in addition, as they reunite, they played in college together at Fresno State. You look at this offense on Vegas right now. It was a good offense last year. Now they go from good, I'm not going to say great, but I'll use the term dangerous. They're a dangerous offense right now with Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. They're they're really good. Hunter Renfro, throw him in mm-hmm. there as well. So I think they're in pretty good shape. Look at the charges. Look what yeah. they've done. Yeah. I really so like I, their offseason. Yeah, I liked uh, what the Chargers did where you think about the defensive upgrades and they needed it, right? You trade for Khalil Mack. You get J.C. Jackson, the Patriots cornerback in free agency opportunistic. He's got a nose for the ball, Andy, right? With all those interceptions over the last couple of years, you re-up with Mike Williams or wide receiver. And also you get Sebastian Joseph Day from the defending champion Rams. That's going to help the rush defense. Their rush defense was awful last year. So one of those little subtle moves, it's not going to be leading the headlines or anything like that, but it's going to make a difference. It's going to make the run defense better. I also think that There's just a wow factor when you sign somebody else's players, you know? But if you look at Tampa re-upping with a couple of their guys, you get Chris Godwin back there. You get Ryan Jensen the center. You get Carlton Davis the cornerback. Those are all good moves. And you trade for Shaq Mason, the former offensive lineman in New England with Tom Brady, right? So you bring him to Tampa And that helps with Ali Marpet retiring. So I liked what Tampa did, and it's not going to lead the grades and all of that. Like, oh, Tampa gets an A. They didn't make a blockbuster deal and sign a free agent from elsewhere or trade for a a huge name. But I think those are quality moves that Tampa made with obviously Tom Brady coming back from retirement. Right, and the last but not least, they stay in Los Angeles. Look at the Rams right now. They got wide receiver Allen Robinson, three years for like 45, 46 mil. That's a pretty good deal over there. So they're in good shape. You know, and they had the retirement announcement of Andrew Whitworth. So I think they they locked up the, the guy at right tackle to, to kind of keep Matthew Stafford up, upright. So that's a good move as well. Yeah, well, yeah, you got to have Noteboom in there with Andrew Whitworth retiring, yeah. right? So, uh, uh, Joe yeah. Noteboom, yeah. Yeah, so Joe, I think they're a good yeah. big yeah. Joe. So we'll see. And I think that uh, Andrew Joe Whitworth, Way. Yeah. Joe Way. I, I think that Andrew Whitworth is going to be a first round Hall of Famer. First, uh, first time uh, Hall of Famer. He very well could be. And I'll tell you this, Andy, guy. if we're talking about the defending champs, I think that getting Allen Robinson, the former Bears receiver, I think it's a big, big deal for the Rams. And for anybody who says, oh, well, Allen Robinson took a step back last season. Well, he didn't put he up had. numbers with the Bears. He looked disinterested. All those things are true, but he had Andy Dalton and a rookie in Justin Fields. You upgrade to Matthew Stafford and look no further than Odell Beckham Jr. 
Odell didn't put up numbers with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. He goes over there to Los Angeles and boom, instantly he's in the end zone breakdancing, you know, because he's catching all these touchdown passes. So I think Allen Robinson, who just a couple of years ago had over 100 catches, over 1,700 yards with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, like, of course he's going to do very, very well with the Rams. I really like the move getting Allen Robinson for the Rams. Good move. There we go. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. Get him on the no, on a Twitter at The No Show at Andy Furman FSR or 877-99 on Fox. Now, hiring, heating up. There's the question. Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post that instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the Bracket Challenge standings at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's Million Dollar Bracket Challenge, powered by Indeed. Now, he was just taking out the trash when the phone rang, we'll explain what happened next, but here's a man who always takes out the trash and he has all the sports for you, Brian well, Fenley. I'm actually a dumpster diver, so I guess that does make a little bit of there sense. You go. Yeah. There you go. Eight beautiful <laughs> NCAA tournament games happening later today in day two of the round of 32. Now, during day one, number one Gonzaga filleting number nine Memphis 82 to 70. Drew Timmy. 21 of his 25 points in the second half. And then after the game, he was talking about the way in which his team was able to rebound after being down 10 at the half. And then the curse words came flying in. And then he apologized <laughs> for it yeah. and then said that he's got to be more careful because his mom is going to set him straight when he gets home. Can't imagine what that's going to be like. A GU will take on, by the way, number four, Arkansas next. A pig, pig suey for them as they are winners against number 12 New Mexico State 53 to 48 15 seeded St. Peter's as Andy predicted in his bracket unless he did yeah. not predict that in his bracket are on to the Sweet 16 after they demoralized number 7 Murray State 70 to 60 the Peacocks will face today's Texas Purdue winner so they will have their eyes on that matchup number 4 Providence what a job for Ed Cooley and what he's done in leading the Friars as they are into the round of 16 thanks to a 79 to 51 victory over number 12 Richmond. The Friars are getting ready to rendezvous with Kansas in the next round after the top seeded Jayhawks were able to dust aside number nine Creighton 79 to 72. Number four UCLA, yes, back into the Sweet 16 as they power past number five St. Mary's 72 to 56. The game featured head coaches both who were bald, but it was the Mick Cronin hairless one that got it done and he will take the Bruins into the Sweet 16 where they will take on North Carolina after the Heels got the win against number one Baylor 83 to excuse me 93 to 86 in overtime RJ Davis scored a career high 30 points in the win Rick Barnes and number three Tennessee implode uh. to number 11 Michigan 76 to 68 Hunter Dickinson did have 27 points and 11 rebounds and I'll leave you with this guys LeBron James not a whole lot to celebrate from his team they lost 
to the Wizards last night, 127 to 119. But he did have 38 points. And what did that do? That put him past Carl Malone to become the NBA's second all-time leading scorer. So, Andy, I know you're big on perhaps an NBA team in Louisville, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But I will say that there's not a whole lot with the Lakers that they can celebrate other than just losses after losses. But there's no losses when it comes to Andy Furman and Brian. No, they are what you call a winning combination. Well, thank you so very much. That may be the nicest thing you've ever said to both of us since you've been with us. Well, you know, as much mean words you say to me, I feel like i got to kill you with no, kindness. No, I don't. No, I don't. Really. All right. Thank you very much. Have hey. a wonderful day. Have a wonderful day. Brian No, Andy Furman, Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. And guess what? Your good friend, B, your good friend in the state of Florida, Eddie, wants to talk to you. Are you ready for Eddie? Let's hear it. All right, Ed, you're on Fox Sports Radio. Go ahead. Is it true that New Jersey is the biggest powerhouse in the NCAA with St. Peter's and Rutgers? Uh, Rutgers is gone, all right, but they gave but Notre they, Dame they, a they fence. Okay, but they were in, and uh, I guess you could say St. Peter's the giant killer. But I will say this, Ed, 99% of the people that had watched St. Peter's play had no idea they're from New Jersey. Really? Are you going to get Elmato Webster on the end next week? I don't know if he's still alive. I'm not going to pull a Rex Chapman, so I don't know if apparently, he's alive or dead. Apparently he's alive and he's a lawyer. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah, because I, I remember. Yesterday. I think it was the 1967 or 1971 NIT. Elmato Webster was playing for St. Peter's College. I think he scored 41 against Duke in the NIT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Vic Bubas was coaching Duke and Don Kennedy was coaching St. Oh Peter's. Oh my gosh, what I are know. we doing right now? Well, I used to go to those NIT games <laughs> as a young, as a youth, as a youth, yes. All right, I'll talk to you next week. All right, God bless you, Ed. How do you like that? All right, we move on. Let's talk. Can we talk a little bit about the NBA for a second? I don't second? know. Should we talk about concrete Charlie Bednarik while we're at it? Like, what do you want to. No, I'm just. When I, when I think of St. Peter's, I mean. Look, I'm not a big St. Peter's fan, but it's from the East. I was born in the East. I was brought up in Brooklyn, and I used to go to the games. I used to go every once in a while to take the Hudson Tubes under the Hudson River to go to the Jersey City Armory and watch them play when the late Don Kennedy coached St. Peter's. And they were great. They had a great player by the name of Elnardo Webster. Great player. All right, that's all I'm saying. So it's like, you know, say you go to Notre Dame games living in South Bend. You know, it's your hometown team. You know, and I, I got to be very careful saying that living in the Commonwealth of Kentucky because, you know, that's like almost mentioning Christian Leitner's name here. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a no-no. You can't. You can't do that around here. But could you help me out here with what the problem is with the Lakers? I mean, I, I was going to go in a different direction, but Brian Friendly, Friendly brought this up. And, you know, LeBron's going great. He's 37. He's playing at a tremendous level. But this team is like, what's wrong? I mean, there's something the matter with this Lakers team, which basically I think was put together by LeBron. He put that team together, didn't he? He wanted Russell Westbrook. Yeah, they stink. That's the bottom no. line. They, they, they don't defend. They turn the ball over way too much. They're completely inconsistent. Uh, that's the the Lakers in a nutshell. So, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. It's not just this grand discovery. It's been the case the whole season. What was the other thing you were thinking about getting into? Oh, in this in this segment, you mean? Yeah, what is yeah, it? There was a story. I mean, it, it just it's fl- floating around in my mind right now. I remember they have a new a wide receiver on Tampa Bay from Atlanta, mm-hmm. and Tom Brady called him, and he thought it was a prank. 
Did you hear that story? No, I didn't hear that story. Russell was Gage. I think it was Russell Gage. He thought it was a call from Tom Brady when he welcomed him to Tampa, and he thought it was a prank, and Russell was taking the garbage out at the time, and uh, <laughs> they didn't have any prior relationship, but they, they faced each other, obviously, two times a year. And in the last game against the Bucks, he had a career-best 130 receiving yards, and that was in Week 13, so now he's a member of the Bucks. But he call, Brady called him, I guess, to welcome mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. and he thought it was a prank. That's the funny. Call was a prank. Yeah. No, I didn't hear that story. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he's taking the trash out. He's like, okay, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. thanks for the call, Tom. Thank and it really it, yeah. was Tom Brady, huh? Yes, that was it. That's right, funny. That, that's, I like it's going to help. I mean, because right now he's going to join Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Uh, and, and look, the, it's, it's going to be a good situation for Brady. And look, it's, it's great for, for Gage. He's going to be playing with Tom Brady. That's going to be a thrill as well, I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm curious where Julio Jones ends up. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how much left, uh, how much he has left in the tank, but imagine if Julio ended up in Tampa on this very modest prove it deal, and uh, I mean it's not like Ryan Tannehill is a world beater at at quarterback. I know Julio Jones had a lot of injury issues, but while he's out there, Ryan Tannehill's his quarterback. You know, he's yeah. only going to put up so many numbers. So I-, I am. I'm curious where Julio ends up and if he ends up with an upper echelon quarterback like Tom Brady, he That'd could have great. more in the tank than you might think. That's all I'm, I'm saying about you. Julio. There you go. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. By the way, if cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. And speaking of Indeed, with the tournament in full gear, be sure to check out the Bracket Challenge standings at FoxSportsRadio.com for Fox Sports Radio's Million Dollar Bracket Challenge powered by Indeed. Now, this was a real fish story and it's all yours next nose picks coming right up at 11 minutes now before the top of the hour that's brian no i'm andy Furman. and by the way at the top of the hour which will be 9 a.m on the east coast mike Harmon and bucky brooks brooks will break open a microphone here get him on the iheart app sirius xm channel 83 and of course many of these same fox sports radio affiliates that's Harmon and brooks at the top of the hour but right now the hour is pointing towards brian no and those picks Here's the deal. Are you in desperate need of gambling insight? Do not fear, for Brian No is here. And now the time has come for No's picks. All right, Andy Furman, let's get the bad news out of the way. A losing week. One and two last week. I know it. I'm making great picks. It's just the teams aren't doing what they're supposed to do. You know, it's all on them, not me. Uh, but Kevin Durant, he went ballistic last Sunday. He easily scored over 31 points. Uh, but Purdue did not cover, and we did not get close to the over in the Mavs-Celtics game. So one and two, that's just unacceptable. Unacceptable, Andy. I tried to right the wrongs here today. Let's start off with March Madness. Duke and Michigan State. Coach K, is this the end for him? I say no, but I'm more Good. concerned about the total here. 145 seems kind of high. Yes. But you you got to go counterintuitive from time to time. When I looked at it, I said, 145? That's, a, you know what? You're not going to sucker me, Vegas. I'm taking the over. I'm taking over 145 today. Decent amount of points by the Dukies and Michigan State. They at least keep somewhat of a pace. So I say over 145. I'm looking at the Irish against Texas Tech. 
Another total here for you, Andy. 132 and a half. I think points are going to be tough to come by for the yes, Irish. Yes. I'm going to say under that 132 and a half. You with me on these picks so far? Uh, the, the Duke thing's questionable, but I like the Notre Dame pick. <laughs> okay, all right. And I've got one from the uh, association for you here. Golden State at home taking on the Spurs. Warriors only six and a half point favorites. I'll take them to cover. The Spurs are no stranger to getting the doors blown off of them from right. time to time. Right. So I'm going to take the Warriors to win by at least seven. What do you think? Even, at least a winning week there. here? I think two and one. Two and one. Okay, I'll take it after a one and two last week. Hoping for three and zero. Oh. But in any event, it's time to go your own way for you. Uh, Andy I'm going Furman. my own way. Here with? I go. You know, when he was 20 years old, Jay Morrissini was flattered to receive a Facebook message from an attractive young girl named Becca. Uh, after investing much of himself in Becca, James soon found that he was being catfished by his own dad. James' dad had posed as an attractive girl in order to reconnect with his estranged son. That's unbelievable. So what happens now? Now at 31 years of age, James has a film, I Love My Dad. It premiered at SXSW Film Festival the other day. The Passion Project documents James' character struggling with a disappointing father figure before he decides to cut off all contact and block his number and social media accounts. Uh, the father right now becomes desperate to rebuild his relationship with his son. The movie tracks his growing affection towards his dad. Unbelievable story. Catfishing. All right, I got a couple for you here, Andy Furman. I'm going to talk a little bit about snake wine. Okay? Snake wine. A little snake wine here. Snake so apparently it's commonly used as medicinal wine uh, because oh. snakes are believed to have medicinal qualities over here. So they literally have oh. live snakes in oh. wine. It's used oh. for aid with varying medical issues, hair loss, vision issues, maybe erectile dysfunction. Get you some snake wine here. All right. Are so you there telling was a man... me I should get that? Are you... I'm not telling you anything. Okay, I'm just okay, saying okay. that's what it's used for. Oh, okay. So there's a man in China. He told the China Times that he'd purchased three bottles of snake wine. He waited a year before opening a bottle. Snake jumps out and bites him. You got to watch out for those live snakes. They go into a dormant state, but they still have air there. They might bite you. There have been other stories of these these snakes with snake wine biting people over here. Snake wine, no. Got to be careful. I'll pass on snake wine. Now, I've got another one for you here. Yes. Um, Hopefully this isn't too cringy either. I'm just noticing there's a kind of cringy stories here, but a Wisconsin dentist, he's been convicted of fraud, Andy. What did he do wrong? He intentionally damaged the teeth of his patients to boost his profits. So he says, hey, you got to get all this work done. And so he used his drill to intentionally damage the, the teeth of his patients. And then he submitted this to insurance companies so they'd have to cover the damages. And his, in, his profits increased by millions of dollars. The guy got busted. He faces up to 60 years behind bars. How about Good that? Good for him. Good for him. There we go. All right. Our time is up. We want to thank you for yours. Enjoy the day. Stay tuned. Keep it here on Fox Sports Radio. We'll see you next week.